When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Start spreading the news I'm leaving today I want to be a part of it New York, New York I want to wake up In a city that doesn't sleep And find I'm hating 
Like the Simmons whipping pastry, cruising down A Street, off white Lexus, driving so slow. But BK is from Texas. Me, I'm out that bed stop, home of that boy Biggie. Now I live on Billboard, and I brought my boys with me. Say what up to Tata, still sipping my top, sitting courtside. Nicks and Nets give me high five. Nigga, I be spiked out. I could trip a referee. Tell by my attitude that I most definitely from. Welcome to an all new episode of So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is your buddy Ryan, and this is your Friday episode. Uh, I took Thursday off. I've been doing four episodes a week, or I've been trying to at least. So, Thursday's that nice little buffer. But today we've got an all new episode. And listen, it's uh, 9 42 p.m. Uh, I'm in Arizona. I'm on, uh, I feel like I'm the asshole of the sun because it's like 115 degrees. It's horrible in Gilbert, Arizona, folks. Never, yeah, come in. You can come in. Night. I'm I'm recording right now. You can say no. You can say hi. Hi. You don't. You don't. You don't have to. I won't show your face. Just hi, everybody. I I just can't thank you enough. You you keep my spirits up. You keep my day up. I had a wonderful day with my son today, and I'm glad you appreciate him as much as I do. Okay. Thanks, Bob. Love you. I'm gonna tell him about how I I hurt your arm. Oh, ninety nine. Don't let the bed. Okay. Love you. Okay. Love you. Um. That was my dad. No, that was that was Becky Bailey. Uh, yeah, t- <laughs> she's uh, everybody's going to bed, so I I come into the guest uh, guest office and just scream about housewives. So you're gonna. I don't know if you were able to hear my mom because the mic was far away, but that was my mom. She's going to bed right now. Uh, she you might hear a little noise because she has an oxygen tank now, so she has to turn that on. That was the best her voice. She really turned on her radio voice when she came in because she's like. Ah, She's talking like uh, this, but she really turned that voice on, man. Maybe she's faking this whole illness thing. Oh, you guys, I'm so excited to talk to you because it has just been, uh, it's just been crazy. It's been crazy out here and so many emotions and things like that going on. If you listen to my Patreon, I did like a three and a half hour Patreon on Wednesday, I think when I drove down or Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever I came down and I went into everything that's going on right now with my mom. So I'm not going to really go into that much because we're here to have fun. I need to have fun with you guys. In fact, 
everything is so crazy right now that I'm going to be extra unhinged on this Real Housewives of New York recap. I hope that's okay with you. I know a lot of you guys might hear this recap and shake your head and be like, this boy is off the farm. And you know what? You're right. I have completely lost my marbles and I hope you will join along with me because it's Friday. We can just let loose, right? But uh, what I was saying, if I have a real bug up my butt, depending on how this goes, I was thinking about doing a part two because I wanted to talk about Bravo stories because we got this Raquel, you know, graham cracker, Raquelling DJ James Kennedy's dog. Graham is a fat fuck. That dog is fat. No. Did you see that DJ James Kennedy has Graham back? And then on top of that, we got news today that Graham was dropped off at a shelter. And listen, I can't get into that right now, but I might do a part two with just Bravo news stories because I need to scream about that. I mean, my God, if you're trying to put your best foot forward, Rachel, Raquel, whatever, or even Sandoval, you don't drop off Graham at a shelter for the love of, I feel like we're missing a huge piece of that story because it just does not feel real. Are you with me on that? There is something that is so inhumane about that story that TMZ released that I almost, and believe me, I guess Raquel and Tom, they've not made great decisions, but even that that would even surprise me to a dog to graham cracker i swear to god if Gra graham cracker is going to be uh, a series regular on season 11 and i hope graham gets his revenge because the poor dog got a puncture wound last season the dog by the way do you think the dog has adopted a british accent from living with dj james kennedy the dog's like you got me a puncture wound in my neck you asshole how did i get this puncture wound for the love of god i would rather live with dj james kennedy than you to watch you bone tom sandoval that worm with a mustache because you know Raquel probably saw him do the hippity-dippity, right? Whew, we are off to the races. Anywho, I might do a part two, depending on how I'm feeling. I need to exercise some demons. Are you guys Are you guys here for that with me? Please exercise some demons with uh, with me. It's Friday. What do you got to do? I mean, you, you got to go see Barbie and Oppenheimer. But, but beyond that, you, you, you can just enjoy this Real Housewives of New York recap. And here's the deal. Uh, I'll say this up top. I liked it. I've watched this now three and a half times and I've liked it better each time I've watched it. And I was thinking about that because a lot of people, and I've, I've bitched and moaned about this all week, is that we have this tendency, myself included, that we just tend to hate things before they even happen. And I know, especially Real Housewives of New York, it has this special spot in all of our hearts because of the OG Roni cast of Ramona, of Sonia, of Dorinda, of Luann, all of these people, Jill Zarin, Bethany Frankel. Oh, Bethany. Oh, Bethany. Oh, I need to do a whole separate podcast on Bethany and all of her statements this week. But they mean so much to us. So, of course, we're protective, right? Because we love them. So we're going to rail against this show already. But that sucks because I've always said nobody is bigger than the show. The show has to be the most successful, right? The show can create stars, but nobody is bigger than the show. And I think we had a, a group of ladies that were bigger than the show in some ways. I mean, Bethany, of course, being the main one, but she left multiple times. But she, I would say, was bigger than the show. And that's why I don't think Bethany should ever come back and she should ever be allowed back because Bethany needs to determine if she appreciates being a housewife or not. She needs to appreciate if she is uh, you know, that, that she is a part of this rich history. And I'm not joking when I say that. And it gave her so many opportunities along the way. 
you know, you can't then play Monday morning quarterback and and bitch about the money that you didn't get when because of this show, you were able to get the brand deals and launch Skinny Girl the way that it launched. I mean, that is, it goes hand in hand. There's a reason why Bravo now has a Bethany Frankel clause with everybody else that, that puts products out on this show because they lost out on so much money because Bethany made so much money when she sold Skinny Girl. So it is hard for me to hear when it's, it's not necessarily biting the hand that fed you, but there is a level of of disrespect that seems to change depending on which way the wind blows with Bethany. And that's frustrating because some people will be like, why do you have Bethany? And I'm like, the thing is to to feel the way I feel about Bethany now, the only way you had to extremely love her to be where I'm at now. And I did extremely love her, but I feel like some of her behavior is just so not out of left field, but you just realize there is only so much attention in the world. And I don't think Bethany will ever be able to get the amount of attention that she desperately wants and needs. And that's weird because sometimes if you would hang, it's like her Achilles heel, right? Because if Bethany hung back on half of these things, she would be always talked about as a legend, but she doesn't, she pushes forward. And I would say a good 66% of the time that she pushes forward, she is 66% of the time completely in the wrong. You know, there's no delicacy to any of our arguments. It's and and I always talk about that concept of reliable narrator is that the more Bethany does this, the more I don't feel like I can trust usually what Bethany says. And I feel like then she is easy to poke holes in because she's just it feels like it comes from a place of greed and need and desperation then. And and the thing is, she, she does make some really good points, but when it comes from that place of needing attention desperately, it sometimes discounts that actual argument. Anyways, so we love Real Housewives in New York, but then this new iteration came out. And I will say, just to give you a little history at BravoCon last year, uh, that was last October in New York, we finally got to see the new cast. They brought it, they brought them on stage for Watch What Happens Live, one of the live Watch What Happens Live at the very end we all got a clap and applause and was very exciting, but we didn't really know these ladies. A lot of people knew Jenna Lyons, even though I didn't, because let's face it, I'm not a fashion maven though. If you're watching this on YouTube, do you see this Beyonce shirt? Huh? Yeah. That's, that's called fashion. Look it up people fashion. And they did not sell that Beyonce shirt at old Navy. I just want to make that point. I, I bought that on Amazon. I bought that on Amazon. <laughs> Anywho, so I heard so many, I read and heard so many negative comments about Roni. I mean, I had heard rumors that the shoot didn't go well. I had heard all of these rumors. And listen, even I was ready to hate this thing. But then the thing is, my my whole rap a lot of the times is that I want Bravo to succeed. I am in a pissing contest with other networks. Like, I'm not going to let fucking TLC and 90 Day Fiance, even though I watch it every week, I'm not going to let them win. And by the way, I did, uh, I talked about a bunch of Bravo stuff on Pink Shade with Mary Payne Gilbert that I believe came out today. So go listen to that. It's always fun talking to Mary Payne. I know she's going to be at BravoCon. Her and uh, uh, Ingrid that works on that show, they're, they're great people. So go check that podcast out. But I'm in a pissing contest. I'm not going to let Bravo to me is the Tiffany network. They are the creme de la creme and I need them to succeed. Not just because I want this, my own show to do do good. It's because I, I genuinely loved watching these shows from the moment they, they started. I was talking to a bunch of people today that, that I'm working with and they were asking me to talk a little bit about myself. And I said, listen, 
here's a little bit about me. Like I've loved these shows before I ever thought about talking about them. I was there the first night that Real Housewives of Orange County premiered. It was also the first night that Twitter went online and it was before we were toxic on all of these social media apps. And I watched it because I saw a trailer and it looked like something that I would love. I was like, oh, I love that documentary Queen of Versailles. This seems like something I would love. And I did. I loved it from the moment I set my eyes on it. And it is so wild to see the changes that it went through. Now, Real Housewives of New York, those earlier seasons, I mean, and even some of the later seasons are just iconic television. You're not going to get a better representation of a certain type of woman that uh, resides in New York, and they're all legends. But if we can put that aside, and if we can all agree that they're legends, then we can also say, you know what? New York's a big town. There might be other great ladies out there, right? And if Bravo has struck gold once, they've struck gold twice, they've struck gold multiple times, maybe they could strike gold again. Now, Real Housewives of New York, this new iteration has everything going against it, right? Because when original Roni started, you didn't have the social media atmosphere that you did now. You didn't have half of these women wanting to be social media influencers. And of course, that's always going to be a strike against anybody new that you put on Bravo, because sometimes they're more concerned about their Instagram accounts than they are actually living real lives. But on the other hand, that is potentially their real life, which is kind of sad, but in a meta way, kind of funny and entertaining. So you have that going against it, but we needed to make or we, we needed to make a break for it at some point. Like those Roni women, it was hard. We saw it with Leah. We saw it with Ebony. It was so hard to introduce anybody new into that friend group, even anybody of a younger age. We saw it even a little bit with Tinsley. And it was very disjointed, even though there were some standout moments from all of our girls. So I think one of the ways, and believe me, I don't think if the pandemic happened, if we had such a strong push for the BLM movement, which I was really, uh, I am really for, I don't think we would have, I think potentially we would have these ladies still on television. But a lot of things happen. And that was, I think Ramona led the charge on a lot of those things, by the way. And so they were left with no choice in that time period to potentially reboot this. And that's what they did. And after watching this first episode, I was kind of relieved. I was kind of like, whew, well, at least that's over with. At least we've ripped the Band-Aid off. And what I loved was reading the comments of people that were like, well, this isn't nearly as bad as I thought it would be. Now, you know, here's the deal. I really loved so many moments of it. I, I I'm so hopeful and I'm so looking forward to watching the next handful of episodes, period. Really enjoy it. Did it cure? Like, is it the best thing since sliced bread? No, but I don't even know what is the best thing since sliced bread. But I will say I have great hope after watching this and it got me excited. It got like bad jokes percolating in my mind. And that's always a good sign. They had fights about restaurants and cheese, basic things. And what I always say, if you can make those fights about small things entertaining, then when you come to the big things, we're going to explode. And it's game time, baby. And these might be the right women to lead that charge. Now, of course, I want to know what you guys think. If you're watching this on YouTube, what up? Leave a comment. If you're not, you know, let us know. Email us. Uh, you know, uh, we're going to post a show image. Let us know in that show image what you thought. But I do want to try to encourage people. I, I, I never can tell people what to do. That's lame. But encourage people to watch. I want this to be a slow burn. I want people to come to this show and when they do, be pleasantly surprised. But it has already this big thing to overcome, and that is just our immense hatred for things that are new, and especially for things that we revere, like the old cast. Um, 
So, you know, it it was funny to watch people kind of change their minds. Now, this the ratings on this came out and it did okay. It did okay. You know, Real Housewives of Atlanta, I guess, I think it got like a 0.859 on Sunday night, which, uh, and then this Roni got a 0.657, I want to think, which is like six, 657,000. And that's night of, that doesn't include three day or seven day ratings, which is like DVR and things. And then Crappy Lake, which I also love, got like a 0.375. Um, and so, you know, Atlanta was the lead in. And then it went to Roni and then it went to crappy Lake. Now Atlanta this season, uh, like I like all of these ladies, the building blocks are there, but it is very disjointed in a way. And I'm, I'm curious how they save that show. But I thought launching Roni right after Atlanta, I don't think, you know, you got to launch it somewhere, but I hated that it went down in numbers and then crappy Lake even went further down from Roni. But there's a lot of room to move up. I just don't want to cancel these shows before they even get their footing. Now, what I think is exciting about these shows for the the women is that we get a full season without any of our bitching and moaning uh, being a part of it. You know, like there's going to be no storylines this season of people on podcasts bitching about them or Instagram comments or Twitter comments, which seem to be like fuel a lot of Bravo television's plot lines now. Like we're not a part of this. This is one of those evergreen moments that they'll never be like this again. These women, we purely get to know. And what you can tell also is the woman, the women in the show, they're getting to know each other. Now, I've talked about this all week, but, you know, unfortunately, I always want them to discover a a group of women that are naturally friends. Like even with the original Roni, you knew that Ramona and Jill knew knew each other. You knew they always knew Dorinda when she came up. They had all been around each other through the years. Now, there's a couple of loose connections in this, but it's not, you know, this solid friend group. Now, that has it going against it as well, but I think it overcomes that pretty easily But it is interesting. We're getting to know these ladies this first season and they're getting to know each other this first season. So if you know that going in, it's also very fun to watch because you can see Jenna Lyons going, oh, my God, some of these girls are lame. I mean, in the last scene at Jenna Lyons place, she's like shaking her head like, how the F did I get here? And I got to say, after researching Jenna Lyons even more, I'm curious how Jenna Lyons got there. She seems very cool. She seems very like knows her stuff. She's a New York alternative lady that a lot of people respect, have stories about. I met her at that Roni premiere last week and Nomi Fry introduced me to her, which by the way, how, how New York are you going to get Nomi Fry introducing you to Jenna Lyons? I had Tracy Morrissey next to me. I had Sarah Gall. I mean, it was like, a, I mean, just a New York who's who. I mean, my God, I wish Fran Leibovitz was there, but Jenna Lyons was cool. We had, uh, we had, we all said a couple brief things and, and uh, she was very cool and nice and, and it was great. I was excited. I wish I had seen that first episode before I'd went to that party. So I actually knew who to like kind of target and talk to nervously because listen, there are people in this cast. Bryn obviously is a star. There are certain people that say Bryn is really putting it on for the cameras, but I would like to argue that certain people are born for reality television. It's almost in their DNA. It's almost like they don't have to try. You know, you have that friend. I'm talking to you, you guys out there. You have that one friend that you're like, woo, she's a lot, or he's a lot, or geez, he thinks a camera's on him all the time. There's people out there that exist. And I would bet you dollars to donuts that, uh, that Bryn is one of those people. I think it might seem put on, but I think she just genuinely is like that. So 
those are some of my opening salvo remarks before we get into the muck and the mire of this Rony episode. This is when I wish it was a call-in show. Could I be like, yeah, uh, Sarah, Sarah online too. What did you think of Rony? <laughs> All right. Um, because I'm really excited to hear what other people think. And I, I will say it did, uh, it did comfort me in some weird way that when I did watch it a second and third time, I enjoyed it. I did. I liked it. And I liked it just kind of like, OC this season where it's low stakes. We're not dealing with Scandaval. We're not dealing with size husbands, fucking gentle lions. Like, you know what? There's nothing's like insane yet. We might think some of their comments are insane. We might think it's rude that Bryn shits on the restaurant catch or shits on this person. Like we might think those things are rude, but it hasn't gotten to a point where it's like F that person. Remember how mad we were getting at Ramona on that last season. We haven't gotten to that spot yet. And I got to say, I'm here for it, but I say this to myself and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to ever preach. Um, but I'm saying this to myself is that I know it's hard to love new people. I get it. I get it. I feel that in my bones. But if you can get, if you can rip that bandaid off, you can find out that you can love again, that our hearts can grow to two, three, four times their initial size, especially if you clog those arteries. But what I'm saying is that you can love more people and it is hard to get to new people. It is hard to get to know new people. Believe me, I know in real life, especially, but even on television shows, because we invest in these people. I make memes of these people. I dream about these people. So of course it's hard. Listen, I went into this going, fuck, I had to learn all these ladies' names. I had flashcards that first night. I was like, okay, that's Bryn, kind of reddish hair, smiles a lot, very, very flirty with everybody. Okay, Sai, Sai, Sai's social media lives in Brooklyn. Okay, Uba, 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 rhymes with tuba, Uba, tuba, Uba, tuba, Uba, very beautiful, likes bananas, likes bananas. Okay, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron, not on my radar, but like her. And she doesn't stand for shit. She really, she stands up for herself. Family, big family, big family. Okay. Sigh. Jessel, Jessel. Jessel's the girl that threw up at the Roni party. Jessel. Jessel also makes fun of her husband. Jessel also has, seems like she's a light British accent. Jessel, Jessel. Fashion, fashion PR. Okay. Jessel. You know, I went through those things and played like little activities with myself to try to memorize their names. And that's when you, you know, when I try to memorize people's names, that means I'm taking it seriously. That means it's professional time, baby. I'm not like I, I was talking to, to I think Mary Payne and I said 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup. Those shows I don't even bother. Like I love those shows dearly, even though I get mad at 90 Day Fiance a lot. But I don't even bother knowing their names. I'm like, yeah, um, uh, basket case number one and basket case number two. Like I don't even bother, but I love it. I watch every episode, right? But I, I just don't even bother learning their name. So if I learn, if I learn a Bravo character's name, it means I am interested. So join in on this journey with me of sight and sound. Now we're going to recap this first episode from the main feed. I'm going to switch over to Patreon for the rest of the recaps because they voted on it over there. So if you like this recap, if you like this series, join us on over at the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash so bad. It's good for five bucks a month. You get access to so many episodes. Like I said, I did a three hour episode the other day. Q and a episode is wild. Everybody's super nice over there. Nobody's dicks. It's like 
That's really cool. That's another thing. I know that's really fun with a lot of podcasts and social media. You like to kind of be in a Thunderdome where people are just talking shit. I don't pretend to be a spilling tea podcast. In fact, can we get away from saying I've got tea and then the tea is just regurgitating something that somebody else just completely said on their own social media? That's not tea. It's not tea if it's been publicly said. We need to get definitions on these internets. <laughs> Like, it's just not tea. It's, that's not what it is. And in fact, yes, I do feel the douche chills running up my spine when an older man says tea. But uh, we try to be mainly positive and try to celebrate these shows. Listen, I'll be mean, but I'll try to be mean just about the characters on these shows. I will put my heart and soul and my pussy right into these and right into telling you the truth of what I see. Um, and I hope you guys will do the same uh, with me and tell me how you feel about them. So we'll get uh, started in just a sec here, even though it's been 22 minutes. If you like this show and why wouldn't you tell a friend? Tell a friend, strap a strap a friend to a chair, tie him up, make him listen to an episode that you think they would like. Uh, that really helps. Always take to social media if you like something that I say, if you like a guest. Oh my gosh, we had that Jennifer Faison who did uh, the, the podcast Betrayal and the, that's on um, Hulu right now is the three-part docuseries. She came on. We had uh, Sophie Ross on. We've had, like, we always get really great guests. Uh, we did the OC recap. So there's always something interesting happening and I can't wait to share with you what we have in store uh, towards the end of August. But keep coming back. I will say just on a personal level, like I said, I didn't want to get too much into the mom thing, but I came to Gilbert, Arizona and the amount of cards I've been reading with my mom, it, you, you, you can only do it for like 15 minutes at a time because there will be something that will choke you up. That will make your tears, like you just tears flow. You guys have made me look so fucking cool to my parents. And, uh, you know, my mom's, I tweeted this as my mom says, you know, some of these people have been listening to you for years. You think they would get tired of it. <laughs> she wasn't even joking. She was like, she roasted me and she wasn't even joking. She was like, I just don't see why they still listen. And I'm like, yeah, mom, I, I don't get it. People have sent blankets. People have sent flowers. I mean, for her birthday, somebody just a listener sent flowers and, and uh, it was beautiful. She thought it was like a cake, but it was actually these beautiful flowers. I think she tried to eat it. It was just wild. Um, but it, it's something that is overwhelming, truly overwhelming. And I, I've been, uh, you know, somebody, uh, uh, Juliana sent her a Real Housewives of Orange County DVD along with Animal House. Um, I was talking about reading Dave Grohl or listening to Dave Grohl's from Food Fighters, his audio book on the drive down. And I finished that last night and I was talking about how he was talking about his mom in that book. And then today, a listener, um, we received Dave Grohl's mom's book. I'm just like, I can't believe you guys. I can't believe you guys. And I will try for the rest of my days to make it up to you to try to be sillier and stupider and take your mind off of whatever you're going through. A lot of you guys will share your stories with me. And I know you've been there. I know you're dealing with so much more. You have dealt with so much more than I have been. And that's why sometimes I feel a little guilty sucking up all of this uh, attention and goodwill. And I know it's for my mom, but like, I just like, it's, it's overwhelming. It's so hard, but that's what I was saying. So I worked all day and then my mom, you know, she's moving real slow and, and, uh, you know, and, uh, we're on the down, we're in this final journey part of things. And, and she was like, you know what, will you take me to Ross dress for less? Because she has this meeting with these ladies, her lady club friend book club. I don't, I don't fucking know you guys. And, and they're coming over here next week. 
And, you know, my mom, you know, she's on morphine, you know, there's a lot of drugs happening right now and she's not, um, you know, and so she wanted to go to Ross to look for these like wicker baskets or something. I don't know. And, you know, I, I, I've been in Ross dress for less with my mom, probably hundreds of times. And we were walking around. It was fine. And then we went to uh, pick up like this place, Pita Jungle. She wanted Mediterranean food. And she keeps saying like, we got to drink the good wine. Let's drink, you know, she's really wanting to drink wine more. She's always wanted to drink wine. But anyways, we go into this Pita Jungle and, and you know, she, she goes to sit and she misjudges the chair and she falls. And I'm like, and I just, all of a sudden I turn into the parent where I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God. And then you guys, so we wait there, we have this glass of wine while we're waiting for the food to take home. And I think she's just enjoying being out because she doesn't get out that much anymore. And uh, I open like the trunk of my dad's uh, car. I was putting the food in and my mom's like standing there and she's moving and I, I'm going to put down the car and like the little um, side of the trunk hits her arm. Not like it wasn't like slammed. It just lightly hit her arm. And I was like, oh, uh, and she's like, oh, and it, it you guys. Her skin is so, um, this happened to her legs too. I talked about it a couple of weeks. A huge triangle chunk of her arm skin just like falls off. And I know that sounds gross, but I just needed to tell somebody. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, we need it. And she's like, no, it hap- this happens all the time now. This, I'm like, it happens all the time now? And I'm just like, I'm um, so reactionary and such a pussy. And I'm like, Oh my God, we need to go to the hospital. She's like, no, we don't. And like, she's holding this thing and she's so calm about it. And she's like, your mom's tough. This is nothing. And I'm just like a whole chunk of her skin fell right off her body. I was like, ah, it's just, and then you're just sitting there dry. (laughs) So it's so funny. It's so wild, you guys. And I know some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so wild. Anyways, that's why I needed to like really get some shit off my chest. So will you, will you, okay, will you allow me to get super nuts? I don't even know. I think I'm just warning you in case I get super nuts. I don't even know if that's going to happen. I also want to talk about one thing too, um, is that remember when this cast was initially, uh, initially talked about, they had another cast member and that cast member was Lizzie Savetsky. And she exited the show in the first couple weeks of filming. And she exited the show amid what she called a torrent of anti-Semitic attacks, according to People magazine. Now, Aaron, who is one of the cast members on this show, she made comments about this because Lizzie is one of her friends. Now, she was initially announced at BravoCon 2022 as one of the stars. Uh, Savetsky, a digital influencer, mother of three and wife to a plastic surgeon, Dr. Ira, dropped out of filming early on amid what she called the torrent of anti-Semitic attacks that began when her casting went public. Quote, Aaron says, it's horrible. Um, I'm Israeli and I'm very proud of being Jewish and it's despicable and it still is happening. It shouldn't happen to any group of people at all. Aaron did not say whether she had spoken to Savetsky since her exit on Instagram. Savetsky has not spoken out about the premiere of the series either. And I thought this was interesting and I will be very interested to dig a little deeper on this. And some of you guys might know more about this because I think there's a little, um, I think there's a little cloud even over this comment. I think it's a little more than just this, but I wanted to bring it up just because I kept thinking, you know, they're talking about this, this shitting on cheese. There's this big fight about cheese. 
you know, a fight with Aaron, Bryn, and Cy about cheese and if serving cheese is weird. Oh, you like cheese? That's weird. It's a completely lame fight. But I'm like, why didn't we see this fight if all of these ladies are together? And now what my theory is, now I don't know if I'm right, is that they were filming with Lizzie. And when I talked to Jenna Lyons at the party, she said something to the effect of, I wonder how everything's going to cut together because, you know, we couldn't use the footage with Lizzie. And that, when she said that, it didn't like set off alarm bells, but then remembering these things. And my theory is that that night at Catch and Cafe Cipriani and the cheese fight, I believe were filmed. And I believe we didn't see these fights and are just hearing about them because Lizzie was a part of this. And that's why I feel like we're picking up things two weeks later after these fights happen. I'm like, well, why can't we see the cheese fight? Why can't we see the catch incident? Why can't we see these things? And my theory is we would have seen these things except that Lizzie dropped out and it completely changed things. Now, from a production angle, isn't that fascinating? Wouldn't you love, because they're already rebooting Roni. They've already got things working against it. So I'm sure these people felt stress. And then you have a cast member that backs out and then all of the, you know, can you piece this show together? It seems like it's another thing working against this show that they were able to triumph over. Because if I didn't tell you that right now, and a lot of you guys might already know that because you're Bravo fanatics. If I didn't tell you that, you wouldn't really have noticed, right? It didn't seem, I mean, it seemed a little weird that we, we didn't see the cheese fight, but it wasn't something that was glaring. Am I right? Let's just say I'm right. <laughs> also, BravoCon tickets, pre-sale was today. Sorry. Uh, pre-sale was today. And then tomorrow, tickets go on sale for the general public. Now, I have gotten my ticket. I know Meditza will be there as well. Uh, we will be trying to do some sort of meetup. So come to BravoCon in Vegas. I think it's going to be worth your while. I mean, you're going to meet the Roni cast. You're going to meet everybody. Uh, Tom Sandoval will probably be running around. Hopefully Graham will be there just running around Vegas. I hope they do. Like I tweeted this today, but I, it wasn't a joke. I'm dead serious. Like I would love a photo opportunity where they built a replica of the Sir Alleyway and we got to take pictures in front of it. Wouldn't that be amazing? And if they really wanted to blow our socks off, they get one of the Bravo cast members to get in like Vanderpump cast members to get into fights with people during the photo op. If you had Jack's there telling you to go suck a dick or like Dodie and while you're getting your picture taken in the Sir Alley, the fake Sir Alleyway in Vegas, how iconic would that be? I would pay extra, but I hope you guys go and I know how it is. It's a lot of money. Totally. And I, I hate to say this, but that's what credit cards are for. That's that's really what they're for, okay? Because you pay that off or you just keep paying the interest like I did in college with my first Sears card. And eventually that ruined my credit. But let's forget about that, right? That's what they're for. Let's all party together for those three days. Let's all make bad decisions together. Let's lose our houses, you know? That's the other scary thing. In New York, it's one thing. But in New York, I didn't also have the opportunity to gamble. And when I say that, you know, my big gambling addiction when I go to Vegas, I am the bad boy of podcasting, right? And this is probably, it's pretty badass. I'm addicted to the Wheel of Fortune slot machine. Yeah. When that fucking thing hits wheel and you hear wheel of fortune, do, 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 do. And then you have to slam, spin the reels. And then it goes on. And you're like, oh my God, big money, big money, big money. And then it'll just be like 20 quarters. And you're like, oh shit, but you keep playing. Oh my God. I wait, like, I'm like, I'm like a bad boy, but like bad boy on slots. Like, I don't even, I don't even have the security enough. Like, I'm not confident enough to play blackjack. Like, I know the basic rules, but I'm always scared I'm gonna forget something and then make the guy in front of me or behind me like screw up their hand because there's like a certain code 
You know what I'm saying? And then they get pissed. They're like, you weren't supposed to hit on that. That was my car, dick. I've seen it in movies. I just know I would screw that up. So slots are safe. It's a singular exercise. You don't usually have a group of people around going like, spin those reels. Spin that wheel, Ryan. Yeah, do 75 cents. Be a bad boy. So that's the other scary thing is that like, I can just see me getting toasted, having a blast and go, you know what? You know what? I'm feeling lucky right now. What if I put a hundred dollars on this? You know, I can just see myself doing something stupid. So what I'm saying is that I need one of you guys to volunteer to handcuff me after one in the morning. And if you could just walk me around like a prisoner, uh, we could potentially do a silence of the lambs thing where you wheel me, you could put my face in a mask and just wheel me places. And if you, you know, if you think I'm not going to run, you can unlock me, let me have a drink, whatever, but it would be up to you, you know, and that maybe we could do a contest of like when wheeling Ryan around Bravo con, that would be amazing. Right. Okay. Are you ready? Finally, are you ready? 33 minutes in. Let's do this. Let's rock and roll, folks. Um, <laughs> Roni, Real Housewives of New York. Also, the camera work on this thing is magnificent. Like it's it's truly, it's truly like it's like Oscar worthy. It's like I'm like, are is it the cinematography is beautiful? I mean, think about it. if you watch the first season of Roni on the, you would think like. What is this? Is this shot on like a VHS camcorder? This thing is so shot. Like those shots of the women walking to Jenna's apartment in the rain is they're magnificent. I mean, it's like, holy shit. They all look, they just make them look so great. So anyways, this is, uh, it, it's season 14, episode one. And the title of this episode is new era, New York. Do you see what they did there? Cause here's my thought. Let's break it down. Have you been to New York? So do you know it's in New York, New York? That's what I think they're playing off of. New era, New York, New York, New York. Real quick. It's very clever. And this is the description the cable company gives us. Bryn and Jessel catch up with Cy at a champagne play date. Uba and Aaron dish over coffee. Okay. I love everybody that works over at Bravo. But whoever wrote this, I need a meeting. You're telling me I'm flipping around my cable channels. I've never seen Bravo in my life. I stumble upon this Real Housewives of New York, season 14, episode one. Oh, let's see if this is something that Ryan would like. Let's see what it's about. And then I read Bryn and Jessel catch up with Cy at a champagne playdate. I don't know who Bryn and Jessel and Cy. What's a champagne playdate? It's not intriguing. And then Uba and Aaron dish over coffee. I'm just making sounds with my mouth. I don't dish, dish, dish what over coffee, like coffee cake. What are we dishing over? I need it to be better. If you're trying to get new people in, I literally need it to be Bryn and Jessel go fucking toe to toe about cheese. And then like Uba and Aaron dish over coffee and how shitty the restaurant catches bleep. Like I need, I need curse words in here. Like Bryn and Jessel fuck shit up. Like, could you imagine if you saw a show description that said Bryn and Jessel fuck shit up? Uba and Aaron play with a dude's asshole. Like we, like even if that's not what the plot line is, we need to bring new people in. Could you imagine that? Like Uba and Aaron stick a whole fist up a gigantic ass. You'd be like, whoa, I need to see that's on network. That's on cable. I need to see that. It's okay to lie when it's about show descriptions, but I'd, I'd much rather a lie about shoving a hand up an asshole than this. Like Uba and Aaron dish over coffee. Can uh, I was always told in acting class, be specific, be specific. The glory is in the details, right? Okay. So 
we uh, we open, we open, you guys, new series. We open Shots of New York. Have you been to this New York? It's a big old city. There's like big buildings, like people hustling and bustling. You see taxis. It's a whole thing. And then this first couple minutes is just like quick clips of the ladies. We hear a producer's voice. She's talking to Bryn. And the producer says, so we're going to talk about the women. And we usually don't get a producer's voice. You know, Bravo usually the talking heads didn't have producer voices that has started much more recently. And Vanderpump rules use it to great effect in these last scandal episodes. But I love producer voices. I love breaking that fourth wall of it's not just a talking head. They're being asked questions. So we get that very early. That's a very decision. That's a big decision to have that in the first 20 seconds. And then uh, Bryn pops up and she is in this like pink dress, you know, reddish hair. And she's like, bitches and whores. Next questions. But as you know, she's sorry. Let's talk about the women. And she goes, bitches and whores. Next question. But all really great moms. And she's just like winking and bubbly and do, 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 look at my boobies. And uh, I think, you know, <laughs> The beginning of something, the beginning of a show, it's like everybody's just fumbling around in the dark, including us, the audience. We're trying to figure out who these women are, and all we have is one episode to go on. So what I love about this, even for me, is that I could be wrong. I could be completely wrong. I'm going off of pure instincts. I'm going off of 43 minutes of television. That's all we have to go go off of. And isn't that amazing? We're all starting at the same exact point and we don't know, like next episode, it's going to fill in more information. It's going to fill in more blanks. It's going to give us more information. What I think now could completely change by the end of the season. And to me, that's exciting. We're all starting at the same place. Um, so the graphics says, welcome back to New York City. Bam, bam, bam. Which I just thought all of a sudden, I was like, wow, this costs like a million dollars right here. Uh, we see shots of New York City. And then um, uh, Bryn pops out of a, uh, like a little, like a, uh, print pops out of like of a yellow curtain and she has like this red satin dress on. And she says, I kind of feel like Satan's first wife. <laughs> and, uh, we see Bryn walking towards the camera on a street and it says Bryn West village brand marketing consultant. And I love that. Cause I was like, what the fuck is a brand marketing consultant? And you know what? This first 43 minutes of television doesn't fucking tell us what that is. It could be anything. I'm assuming a brand marketing consultant is she told somebody which Instagram photo to post at some point. Like what is a brand marketing consultant? This show does not let us know. I will keep coming back until I find out what the fuck a brand marketing consultant is. Um, so, uh, then, uh, you know, she's the fun girl. We start seeing clips of Bryn. She's flirting with a chef in a yellow dress. And, uh, you know, she's like, hey. And he's like, I'm the chef here tonight. And then she goes, oh. And then the lady goes, he's married. And then Bryn goes, oh, okay, never mind. And then there's laughter. So Bryn's the kind of girl that's going to steal your man. Bryn is potentially the Ariana Grande working on the musical Wicked. She's going to steal your man. Doesn't even matter if your man is ugly. She's going to steal that man. Bryn is crazy. She's flirty. She's fun. And I think this show needs that. Um, and then we get all of these kind of talking heads of the other ladies talking about Bryn. And Jenna Lyons says, I've never seen anyone weave flirting into everything they do. Um, 
she's wearing Jenna Lyons, by the way, in her talking head where she's wearing this like white button up with a black tie and then a string of pearls and these like seventies glasses with her hair pulled back. It's like a really intense look, but it's a look. And it made me think like, I need a look like the, the pearls. Like I'm you, last time I saw these pearls were on Corey Kiefer on summer house. He was trying to bring these pearls back for men, but she's bringing it back with a white button up shirt with a tie. And I'm like, I need a, we need a vote on my looks for BravoCon too. Like I need to get a look, but I don't want to be like Richard Simmons. Like I want to look cool. Like I want to look like the TLC album, like crazy, sexy, cool, you know? Um, so then we see a clip of Aaron, uh, telling Bryn at another function going, don't hit on my dad tonight. And Bryn says, I'm definitely 100% hitting on your dad tonight. And by the way, Aaron's dad looks like a dude. Andre's, uh, <laughs> Aaron's dad looks like a smaller version of Andre the Giant, the wrestler. You know what I'm saying? He's the guy from Princess Bride. If you've never watched like wrestling in the uh, 80s, like, I won't do it. Like Aaron's dad looks like a smaller version of Andre the Giant, period. But I love the fact that Bryn is just considered the person that would sleep with everybody or flirt with everybody. And uh, Aaron says Bryn has taken the fun meter from here to here. And then we see a clip of Bryn on a, on a boat laying with her butt out. And she goes, I might have a little crush. And she's looking directly at Jenna Lyons. And Jenna giggles. Bryn's that girl that she will flirt with you because she knows it gives her a leg up. She uses it as power. I don't know if she uses it as a weapon, but she uses it to gain power in situations. I'm only going on two minutes of television at this point, folks. Uh, but I'm willing to bet I'm right. Um, so uh, Jenna Lyons, then we see in a clip of going up to one of the housewives who's in a dress that looks like metal chains and grabs her ass. And now we see Jenna Lyons walking toward the screen for her big introduction. And it says, Jenna Lyons, Soho, interior designer, entrepreneur. And the voiceover says... When we look in magazines and we see Jenna, she's like this boss bitch. And we see then a, a lot of clips of Jenna being a boss bitch. And from what all of you women have told me, she truly is a boss bitch. I did not know. I knew about J. Crew because it was that store in the mall that I couldn't afford. But then I didn't realize she was such a big part of that store. Now, if you had, like, if this lady was like the head of Old Navy, I'd be like, holy fuck. Like, wow. Like, I really bowed down because, listen, the Old Navy collection from 2007 to 2012, Chef's Kiss, their winter collections, I love. I feel like they've fallen off since 2013 on, but I will always dip back in to check out whatever they have going on just because I'm supportive and I don't give up on people or shops. But anyways... All of these girls respect her. We see her being a bad bitch. Um, and Jenna also has this habit or style. She wears these open tops where you can kind of see her boobs hang out like this. Like she's kind of like her boobs hang out a little bit. And that's another one of her looks. And maybe I'll go with that look for BravoCon. Like I dress as Jenna Lyons and you just see my man boobs. Just like kind of just, I'm just full open top it. And there's like a pearl strand and then just my boobs hanging down a little bit. Um, Jessel, one of the housewives says, She's a she's a very unique person. Jessel has this very light accent, European, very light European accent. She's like, there's little quirks here and there. And then we see a clip of Jenna being interviewed by somebody. And the interviewer says, does your dog always drink coffee? And we get a shot of Jenna's dog lapping up a bowl of cold brew. And Jenna goes, yeah, it's a problem. And I'm like, you're damn right. It's a problem. My God, we need to get you over to DJ James Kennedy with Graham. 
are you kidding? Is that wait? I'm, and I'm all joking aside. I know I'm trying to make you laugh here and there, but like, are you are you literally allowed to give dogs coffee? Like, I've sometimes thought, would my dog enjoy a diet coke because I enjoy a diet coke so much? But even I've never been like, I should try it. Like, I'm not in high school. Like, I remember my buddy Dusty like hot his dog one time. And I thought that was like the rudest thing that I'd ever heard of. Like I wasn't there, but then I heard about it. I was like, that's not cool, man. But like, I thought like maybe my dog, cause like water is so boring. I was like, maybe my dog would like to like a Hawaiian punch or something. But then this coffee, that can't be good. It can't be good for the bowels. The dog's like a little dog. That dog's just got to be bouncing everything. How that's how interesting Jenna Lyons is, is that her mind where my mind stopped me and said, don't do that, Ryan. Her mind said, why not? And I, I love, I love that about Jenna. Like why? And at a certain point, do you have to switch the dog to decal? Do you be like, this dog is fucking strung out. This dog has me going like, you know, I'm going to Starbucks. I'm, I used to ask for a puppuccino. I'm asking for a fucking grande cold brew at this point. It's not good. Um, so she says, yeah, it's a problem with my dog. Uh, and then we meet Uba and Uba is just gorgeous. This gorgeous dark skinned woman. And, uh, she goes, Jenna is unapologetic. And by the way, you guys, these are my interpretations of the voice and I don't really know the voices. So I, I, I know I sometimes get people that get offended by my voices. I'm not trying. I'm just you're like, Jenna, banana. I am Uber that likes banana. She has this very, I don't know. So this is just how I'm doing it. We'll see. We cut to see one of uh, Jenna Lyons, one of her, um, she has like another one of those looks with the sports jacket with her breasts popping out. And I think there is a lot we don't know about Jenna. Uh, Uba has this kind of unique ac accent. Like I wrote this note, like I, like, I don't want to be offensive, but I want to try to do it because I think it's really cute. Cause she's like, you know, I don't know about Jenna. I like her very much, you know, uh, Jenna, then at the party, she, we're, we cut to this scene at a party. It's all just random clip clips. And Jessel goes, would you like to have a threesome with me and my husband? And Jenna Lyon says, if you guys haven't had sex in a year and a half, I don't think I should be your entry, entry point, which also you guys, that's a context clue. So from that, in the first three minutes, we have information that Jessel has not slept with her husband for the last year and a half. And as this show continues, Jessel makes so many derogatory comments about her husband that I started feeling bad for this dude and he's barely in it. But Jessel's one of those guys, one of those ladies that seems like she really makes fun and shits on her husband a lot. And it's going to be interesting to see as this show progresses, how that behavior plays when she sees it and how her husband deals with it. Because I know it's unfortunate, but we know how housewives work. It's like we see how this show changes people. It gets to people's heads. It destroys relationships. People can go to prison. The whole gamut of things can happen, right? Um, so that scene happens. <laughs> but I love that Jessel and her husband haven't done the hippity-dippity in a long time. Um, then we see Jessel now walking towards the camera. And it says, Jessel, Chelsea, fashion publicist. And uh, some girl says, Jessel's a publicist. And she will remind you she's a publicist at all times. And then we get a clip of Jessel. She's eating with, next to some bald-headed gentleman. And she's saying, I joined Michael Kors. And the first thing he said to me was, I need last look in Vogue. And you guys, I don't read Vogue. Uh, I barely read Mag Mad Magazine. But I'm guessing last look in Vogue is like, my imagination says there's probably some last page of Vogue that you want to get on called last look. But anyways, she tells this story. Um, and then we see Uba saying, 
Jessel was good girl. Jessel is a good girl. And then we get a clip that is <laughs> that all of these girls are part of, like Bryn says, we're part of a girl group. Ooh, because Sai, because uh Sai, Jessel, and Bryn are all wearing the same kind of brown khaki sort of color. And then we see Uba say, sometimes Jessel will say things that you're like, ah, ah. And then we get a cut, we get a clip of Jessel saying, I've had a popsicle stuck up my poop shoot. There's like they bleep it out. She's like, I've had a popsicle stuck up my beep. And it says, um, and then we see a clip of somebody saying, Jessel, we'd like to see the freaky you. So I'm guessing maybe Jessel has some sort of sexual awakening this season. Who knows? She might be a freaky deaky. We'll never we'll we'll find out, hopefully. Then we cut over to um Simon. Um Sorry, Sai. We cut over to Sai, and she turns around in her bathroom, and, and the bathrobe says Sai, S-A-I, and uh, we get Sai's introduction. It says, Sai, Brooklyn creator, influencer, which is just so like we're all creators and influencers these days. I have to tell you, maybe a lot of you guys knew about Sai before this, but I did not. I had no, I still have no real clue who Sai is, but good for her. It got her on this show. She lives in Brooklyn, has a nice house, has a nice family. Good for you. Um, so uh, in a voiceover, she says, I don't try to be glam. It just happens. And then all of a sudden, we have all of the ladies walking down the streets of New York. And Jessel says, can you take my picture? And then Aaron goes, ah, influencers in the wild. Sorry. And Jenna says, there's a sexy sort of aloofness to Cy. And then we see Cy taking pictures by a bridge. You always see influencers like out in the middle of a street. Like how many influencers die every, you know, that's like always my fear. I'll be driving in a Toyota Corolla at some kind of like Los Angeles haunt. And then I just run over somebody accidentally because they're doing some influencing in the middle of a busy street. Like how many influencers die a year taking pictures by bridges? I mean, it's just size like just right out there putting her leg out, like just very comfortable. That's the problem with influencers. Like we need full like i the more i say about it i think i'm gonna run in 24 because i could run on a platform of making arizona less hot tom sandoval being off of television entirely and this whole influencer is not able to to shoot in public streets i think that's such a group that's a strong specific platform um so jessel says uh she's taking pictures by this bridge and uh it's Great. It's great. Um, every picture is uh, great. And then we all see we see Aaron and Aaron uh, goes. Sorry, I'm getting lost in my notes. You can tell um, Aaron says, wait, somebody's saying something about Aaron being a bitch, but not to me. So I love her. And then we have a clip of Sai saying, remember, the model always has a short, rich boyfriend. I'm not sure what that was, you guys. I was dictating into a phone. I was dictating into a notes app. <laughs> uh, and it, woo. Now that's what it's like to be a creator. Um, then we cut to Uba. And uh, Uba is in Columbus Circle, it says, model entrepreneur. So she's not just a model, also an entrepreneur. Now, Uba is vivacious. And Aaron says, uh, she is just amazing. We see pictures of Uba, you know, she's just very modely, just, I mean, truly a gorgeous woman. Uba is larger than life. She can be in another burrow and you'd hear her in that burrow. We have clips of her doing some sort of exercise with a band around her waist and the guy's holding her back and she's running away from the hot. She's like, I'm running away from the hottest man in the world. I'm running. 
I don't know, I gotta think. Banana, I'm running away from the hottest man in the world. And she speaks in Swahili, and the Swahili um, translation says, Uba is the kid that's very pretty. And she is, she's gorgeous. And then we see Uba say that she's a train wet rack. Then we see Aaron says, hey girls, you don't gotta go home, but you do gotta get out of here. And then we see Aaron walk towards the camera and it says, Aaron, Tribeca, realtor, interior designer. And the voiceover says, Aaron likes to run the fucking show. And we hear her speak in Spanish to some like uh, employees at a house in some doorway project. And Uba goes, Aaron is a true New Yorker. We, God, we see Aaron. Uh, she's not, says she's from the city and her husband's there. Uh, her husband, they've been together for a while. While Uba says, Aaron's a straight shooter. She is straightforward. Her husband comes out of this dressing room with a too tight sweater and Aaron goes, no, huh, you look horrible. And then Bryn says, Aaron's that friend that you laugh your ass off every time that you're together. And then we see Jenna Lyons. Aaron is on the floor with her hands on the floor and Jen is pushing her like a wheelbarrow. Very exciting. Uh, then we see one of the ladies, they're all posing on the beach, and the voiceover goes, we're also eclectic and different, but we have so much fun together. You guys, they're everything to everybody. All the girls are posing. Aaron says, if you're looking for the real representation of New York, this is us. That was the gauntlet thrown down to, to old Roni right there. This is the real representation of New York. And then we get a cheers from all the ladies. Cheers! And it says, we built into a family. We love... Um, and she says, which goes to the point that this isn't necessarily a natural group of women that have been friends for a long time. But listen, uh, let's all go to this into a clear head. This was just a real big opening with so many images to tear apart. Uh, we now are at the beginning of actual long form scenes and we get flashes of New York City. We have three separate images on the screen. We have bridges in the middle. It says New York City. The music comes up. And then Uba, we get our housewives taglines, right? Uba goes, the secret ingredient, darling, it's me. Huh. And then Jenna Lyons goes, my lashes may be fake, but I definitely keep it real. Which, by the way, I just saw Jenna Lyons was on The View today, and she talked about she has this uh, disease, this affliction, where she has completely fake eyelashes, she has a wig, she has fake teeth. Um, she has this disease that um, she didn't have any of these things, and it has been a long, painstaking process to get the right lashes. It's this really, I mean, I can't believe having something like that against, like, and then she overcame it. I mean, she looks, I didn't know she had fake teeth and fake hair. Did you guys all know that? Anyways, that was her tagline, fake lashes. Awesome. Um, and then Aaron says, I'm a true New Yorker. The only bull I take is by the horns. She don't take no bullshit. Then we get Jessel and Jessel goes, I always bring the flavor. It's not my fault. You don't have any taste. Oh shit, Jessel. What? And then Cy goes in New York. There's a lot of bad apples, but I'm the baddest of the bunch. Oh uh, yeah. Mm, mm. And then Bring goes, I love to laugh, but make me mad. Sorry, oh, sorry. I love to laugh, but make me mad. And I'll date your dad. <laughs> I mean, which is, you know, listen, she's going to fuck your dad. Like, you know, and like this, I can't watch this around my dad. Cause my dad would be like, do you know her? <laughs> do you know, Hey, does she know? Do you, yeah. You put me in touch. Like that was, 
a lot of people gave shit about this talking this 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 tagline, but I liked it. I liked it because the other girls were kind of so bland. I thought this was very specific. She's a dad fucker. I like I, I kind of like that. We kind of tagged her. Um, and then of course we get the triumphant six women. They're all holding apples, and Jenna Lyons is kind of throwing her apple up like a baseball, if you will. And that is our opening to the Real Housewives of New York. Here we go. More shots of the big city, the big old city. We see Broadway. We see Taxi. It's the hustle and bustle of the Big Apple. We see the Brooklyn Bridge. We are now at a brownstone in Brooklyn, and Cy lives there. And she goes, guys, we're about to have a play date, and Bryn is coming over, and we meet her two kids, London 11 and Rio 5. There's also multiple Rios in this show because... Um, Jessel's son is also named Rio. Uh, is there a certain, like, is there like a certain year where these names pop up? It's like, remember that one year, was it the year that Edward was really big? That year that Twilight, the movie came out. And then one year, like Jax was a popular name. Like we're running out of popular names. We're going to eventually have to go back to like Randy, you know, like does, does anybody name anybody Frank anymore or Ralph? You know, we're going to have to go back to boring names. Like, is there, you know, like, Hey, this is Ralph. Hey, I'm, I'm Ralph. I'm Ralph. Hey, I'm Randy. What's up? You know, those names are sometimes the names that, uh, you, you want. Um, okay. So we meet our two kids and we also meet Yoshi and that's the family dog. Bryn is coming over and Jessel will also be coming over with her kids. And she goes, kids, you know, I want everybody off their screens because these kids are just on their iPads doing their little. Bleh. And Cy goes, do you want to come over here um, and help me with the dishes, London? I don't want everybody to think that we're messy. We don't want people to think we don't do our dishes here. We see a bunch of dishes in the sink. The daughter um, goes over with their dog, Yoshi. and. Sai says, I represent Brooklyn all day. I'm going around them. The wig girl, like she's like, I'm going around them. I always be, I'll always be around the way girl. We see shots of Sai growing up in the city. She says, I used to hang out in, in Flatbush, you know, rolling sets in my doobies. Like, I don't even know what that means because I'm lame, you know, with the little pins in them. And her daughter goes, where do cups go? And Sai's like, do you even live here? And then Sai says, everything that I had growing up is so different for the family that I created now. I would, I used to walk down the tree line blocks in Brooklyn and look through the homes and think, how do they live here? And now sometimes I see people looking through my brownstone window and lo and behold, look at me now, which by the way, she leaves out. That's me just standing outside, just looking in her brownstone. Like what up, Cy? That actually is really scary. Bryn knocks on the door. Woo. Bryn's like already dancing around and she's like, Oh, woo! look at the lady of the house. Um, Sai makes her take her shoes off at the door, but she's like, I have a pair of house shoes. Like, what are you, what are your guys' stances on shoes in or out? I wear a lot of flip floppies, but also the house shoes. What do we think of that? If you take your shoes off at a friend's house, do you want to put on their house shoes that other people wear? Like, I feel like we're sometimes going way too far with the germy thing, especially after the pandemic. Like, come on, man. Like the house shoes, I feel like with those house shoes, just like a, just a, a big shoe of germs. Where does it end? Like, really? Bryn can't wear her shoes in the house? I know. By the way, what if I spent 50 minutes talking about the house shoes? Here's my deal on that. Are the house shoes coming back up? Is that going to be a plot line this season? Um, so uh, she goes, I asked Bryn if she has crusty feet. And Bryn's like, get out of here. I don't have crusty feet. I don't want to get people in here with crusty feet. And Bryn says, 
I consider Cy 100% to be one of my best friends. And I'm like, what? How do you consider already for Bryn to be 100% one of your best friends? Uh, Bryn says, I just like going to her house because it's like, that's what I want. She's living the life that I want. It's perfect. And then she's bringing in treats for the kids. She goes, London, I have a little treatsy poo for you. You. Back in the talking head, Bryn says, Cy is living my life. I should kill her and take her life. And then she goes, <laughs> she's very bubbly in the talking head. She's like, that uh, That would almost turn it into a big psychodrama, which would be amazing. It would be amazing for season two, by the way. Could you imagine if we got a single white female storyline in one of the housewives? Wouldn't you just be like, uh, this is television? Um, and then uh, Bryn gives uh, the son, Rio, his gift. She's like, do you want a present? Do you want a present? Are you too tired for it? And Rio's like, give it to me. Um, we see more shots of the city. We're now all the way transported to Washington Square Park. It's beautiful. We see uh, Aaron and Uba. And uh, by the way, this is with first episodes, the first three episodes of any new reality show, this is another platform I'm going to be running on in 2024. I want digital name tags. I want a digital name tag that says Aaron. And I want it to digitally be pinned there for the first three episodes because I don't want to have to look it up on my phone. If I forget, I want to be able to look down. I know I might ruin their outfit, but just a small little Aaron, a small little Uba. And that way, we, we don't have to force the learning. We can naturally learn over those first three episodes. I, I thought that thought first when I was watching The Bachelor years ago, because I was like, why am I, how am I going to learn 20 dudes' names? I can't even barely remember my own name. But that's that's another thought I had. Digital name tags for the first three episodes. So Aaron and Uba are meeting in Washington Square Park. And Uba tells Aaron, we do that whole, like, you look beautiful. And Aaron's like, you look beautiful. Everybody looks beautiful. Uh, Aaron got Uba coffee. Everybody's complimenting their outfits. Everything's chic. And Aaron goes, oh, my God, I had the craziest morning. I woke up and, you know, I have celery juice every morning. And by the way, when she said that, I was like, tell me more. Because I'm like, I love, like, celery juice, it's, like, not the norm. You know, like, I have coffee in the morning. Celery juice, you're already, I'm like, yeah, this is going to be good, celery juice. She's like, I have celery juice every morning. I have my coffee. And Uba goes, is that the one your son drank by accident, the celery juice? And Aaron goes, ha, 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 And Uba goes, I die, I die. And Aaron says, well, the letter from the teacher was like, hi, Aaron. Elijah had an accidental blowout of diarrhea. And that's when I texted the group. And I'm like, this is what happens when you give your kids celery juice. And Uba goes, I don't even touch celery juice. I don't do it, you know. I don't drink celery juice. Which, by the way, if celery juice, okay, already we have a ca- we have a dog drinking fucking cold brew. We have a kid shitting his ass out because of celery juice. You're telling me this isn't TV gold? Like kids are blowing out their ass with celery? Like what other show is doing that? I'm sorry to like really, this is amazing. Um, So Hoopa goes, I like to keep my food. I pay for it. Why the fuck do I want to take it away from me? I want to stay as full as possible. I I think I'm falling in love with Uba. Uba's like, I don't want to shit out all my food. We cut back over to Brooklyn to size. And Cy goes, okay, we're going to take out the champagne when Jessel gets here. And Bryn goes, yeah, she's going to need it. We now cut over the bridge. And Jessel is going over the bridge being driven. Her mom's in the backseat with her. Her son is crying. And Jessel's like, son, this is your first, uh, the first time on the Brooklyn Bridge. Do you even care? And the kid doesn't care at all. The kid's like, ah. Her mom is uh, Neelam, N-E-E-L-A-M. And that's her mom. And she goes, I have two 
Very cute boys, gorgeous twin boys. Their names are Kai and Rio. I like to say they're the human form of coffee, which I'm like, oh my God, does this mean like they blow up their asses too? It's like, they do not sit still for one second. And we see a montage of these kids just throwing shit at her and her going, no, 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 chasing these kids around. These kids are like on an exorcist level. The one kid's trying to open the door to the apartment. The other kid's trying to throw itself on the couch, taking their dad's shoes, just children shrieking everywhere and then we see jessel like going ah this smells like poo puke in a talking head jessel goes um the babies it's like give me the tequila bottle right back in the car jessel says this is like a monumental piece of architecture going over the bridge and you're crying ah come on, come, give me a wet wipe your nose is disgusting now we pull up to the brooklyn building of size and uh just everything is crazy, by the way. So they go into this place and the mom comes in with them. The dog is barking. The kid is chasing the dog. These twins, Jessel's twins are wild. And uh, she goes, I met Cy and Bryn through the fashion and publicity world, Jessel says. Sai is a content creator. She's one of the most respected in the industry. I will buy everything she posts. Which I'm like, that's is that a lie? Like, I'd never heard about Sai. Do you guys buy everything that Sai posts? Like, is that true? Or is that something you just say when you're on Housewives? And Jessel is just seeing the kids run around Sai's place. And she's like, this is chaos. And uh, Sai goes, I forgot what it's like to have toddlers because these toddlers are running all around. The champagne's getting passed around. By the way, Bryn takes her champagne. And she goes, merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> By the way, Bryn said, I think I mentioned it all the other day, that she had a crush on Peter from Sir. And I'm like, does Bryn even, like, is Bryn just, like, fucking pulling names out of a hat? Like, Peter? And then also Bryn said she had a crush on Shep from Southern Charm. Like, Bryn is that girl. And by that girl, I mean blind. She might be Stevie Wonder in girl form. Like, what? Like, you out of all the Bravoverse, like, Peter and Pete, Peter and Shep? Peter and Shep? Like, I already see this girl making bad decisions on Winter House with Austin. Like, I wonder if those dorks in Southern Charm watch something like this and they're like, okay, which one am I going to go after? Uh, I already nailed Sonia. Well, that's Brand. Let's take her for a ride. You know, do you think other guys that are on Bravo tune in Bravo shows and kind of like flip through it like Leo DiCaprio does at Victoria's Secret Modeling Catalog? Like, I'll take that one. So anyways, uh, the champagne's getting passed around. One of the children is just running around. The cameraman is following him and the kid's just throwing stuff on the floor. And Sai goes, all right, let's take the party outside. Let's leave the kids with the mom. And Bryn says in a talking head, wow, size kids. I'm like, my ovaries are flipping with them. But I, I'm ready to get knocked up yesterday. Now Jessel's kids, whoo. I'm like, uh, I don't think so. We're outside and Bryn goes, oh my God, Brooklyn is so chic. It's like a vibe. And right there, that is strike one for Bryn because you know how I feel about the word vibe. Uh, I really reserve my vibes for when the Kardashians say it, which I really hate as well. But Bryn says it. And I'm like, oh, please don't start. Uh, please don't start saying vibe. She's like, it's a whole vibe. Okay. So that's one strike against Bryn. 
And uh, we, it's like we've used the word vibe very early in this program. I like to reserve my vibes for later in the seasons. Now we cut back to Washington Square Park, and Uba goes, "It's so warm today. It's very warm, banana." Aaron is in this like like cool leather jacket, and Uba goes, "How's it going, Aaron? Have you seen the other girls?" And Aaron goes, "You know how I feel." And Uba goes, how are you with Bryn now? There's, you know, and there's dramatic music like, oh, what's going on with Bryn? And Aaron goes, well, I am still a little bit salty about that night. And we're now at our first commercial break. We are at our first commercial break. Okay, we're back from commercial break. And Aaron's like, listen, I wouldn't care if other people had different plan plans, but it was like, we should do something together as a group. So I made the effort to do something together. And in a voiceover, Aaron goes, the girls and I wanted to get together for dinner. It was a huge group. Nothing was available. It was last minute. So I picked beep and it bleeps out the name of the restaurant. We know now the restaurant is the restaurant catch has many locations, Los Angeles, Vegas, New York. But, you know, she says we went to catch. So, but they bleep it out, which I think is very funny, a very funny use of the word bleep. And it is funny that we all just immediately knew what it was anyways. And then in the scene, she says to Uba, Aaron goes, I mean, I would go with anyone to a local bar and be happy. I don't need to go to like a cheap place all the time. I don't care. And then the talking head, Aaron goes, the restaurant used to be the hottest place in New York. It's easy to get to and it's convenient. And then we cut to a picture of Cy and Bryn and they went to Cafe Cipriani. And they went there. They totally ditched Aaron going to this catch place. So Cy and Bryn ditched the group dinner. And then Aaron goes, then they posted on Instagram that they were at Casa Cipriani. And it was hurtful, Aaron says. Yeah. And she goes, I think it's just a very obnoxious thing to do. And I was like, we're back, baby, dude. You're fighting over a, a, a rest. Like, that's shit that we do, man. Uh, that's shit, like... When your friends don't invite you out, like that was another good thing about the pandemic. You didn't have a lot of shit like that. You're like, thanks for inviting me out to dinner. There were no dinners to be invited to for the most part. And that was, that was really sucky though. When you, you saw your friends risking like a dinner during the pandemic that you didn't get invited to, that was like doubly bad. But you know what I'm saying? Like this was like this kind of shitty pettiness we've done. But also the fact that they posted on Instagram, knowing that Aaron would see it. Like they're like, we've got to let people know we're at Casa Gimbriani. <laughs> Um, so there at Casa Cipriani, we see that photo and Aaron's like, yeah, it was hurtful. It's an obnoxious thing to do. Now we're back and Aaron tells Uba, listen, we were with our husbands, me and Jessel, and they could just be like, listen, you guys, you know, with the husbands, you do that. We're going to go to Casa, no big deal. But they didn't. They said, I'm so tired. They lied about it. Jessel said that they went home, but no, they went to dinner. That's what bothered me. And we can now cut back over to, by the way, that would bother me too. We cut back over to Brooklyn and Bryn goes, I'm sorry that I kind of bailed on dinner. She says, this is Cy. And Cy goes, yeah, I mean, she bailed on me and, uh, you know, and me and Brett. So I don't know how to say like, I wouldn't be caught dead at beep. So now we're talking about Cy and Bryn. They're talking about ditching because they didn't want to be caught dead and bleep. And Jessel goes, wait, it's not, it's not 2006. And Bryn goes, no, it's not 2005. And then Bryn also goes, and I'm not a D-list model. So shots are fired. This catches a flaming piece of shit, according to Bryn. Shots are fired over New York restaurants. And then Jessel goes, oh, 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 oh. is it that bad? I don't want to go to bleep. And they do it again. And then Bryn goes, I like Olive Garden. To me, it's like chicer 
Burger, you know, the ones with the carpets and they have like good breadsticks, good salad and breadsticks, they slap. Now that's strike two against Bryn. She has now said vibe and she has said slap. It's like, okay, you are, Liz, what, are you a 13-year-old on TikTok, Bryn? Because you are saying a lot of the things that they say. She's like, they slap. Oh, my God. But Bryn goes, you know, I'll go there. And it's like fun. It's like high, low. But bleep, it has this weird thing in the middle. Beep is good for teenagers. And then Sai in a talking head says, you know, Bryn says I wasn't drunk enough. Or maybe I'd have to be drunk. Or if I had guests in from town in Florida. Like, so now Bryn is going like, yeah, I, I guess I would have to have guests in from Florida to actually think that place is cool, which is hysterical. And now Bryn is now taking a shot, not just a catch, but also Floridians everywhere. <laughs> I think that's kind of awesome. So, uh, so this is one of the big fights of this whole this whole thing is we get this first fight and now we're about to get into the cheese of it all. And I don't mean cheesy. I mean, they literally fight about cheese. So we've established this catch thing. Okay. So I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find my place and there's not a pause button on this. So, okay. So now we go back over to Washington square park and Aaron is still talking to Uba. And Aaron's like, who cares where we are? It's the people that you're with. And Uba's like, yes, yes, the people that you're with, banana. And then Aaron says, she just got weird with me. And then Jessel told me at dinner that night that we went out and she had heard that we were, like, that she was talking about me. Like, that doesn't feel right. Like, so fine. And Uba goes, yes, that, I think that is very mean, banana. And then we are back in Brooklyn and Bryn says, so I was catching up with Aaron and Aaron said that she's been distancing, her, distancing herself a little bit from Sai because Sai like maybe rubbed her a little wrong or something. My words, not hers at her get together. No, sorry. Her words, not mine at her get together. And then we get a picture of two weeks, uh, all of these girls two weeks ago together at this get together. And I'm thinking this is a thing that they filmed with Lizzie as well, that they cut off, uh, cut out. And Sai in this scene apparently says like i'm an awful human being and like in a talking head she says aaron and i have similar friends we we run in the same circle for a few years now aaron is always arguing with someone or is mad at someone so now it's starting to seem like aaron is the common denominator here so that's a key piece of information and i have to say aaron does seem like that person you don't fuck with aaron seems like that person you're like oh shit like aaron's that girl like aaron is that person that calls you out immediately you can tell that, but I kind of like that, like not in my personal life, but I like that kind of character because we know that you're like, imagine that type of character at a reunion. That's what we want. We want people that won't just get away with things. We, we, we desperately need that. I believe. Um, okay. Da, 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 There's my notes. So, uh, Sai says this in a talking head about Aaron and uh, Sai says, oh, yeah, we got into it about a charcuterie board. And Jessel laughs. And Sai uh, goes, charcuterie board. And I was like, very, that's very funny. Charcuterie, charcuterie, I get it. And Sai laughs. And then Bryn, she goes, Bryn says, this is me interpreting Aaron telling the story. She's like, you know. And Sai comes over and Sai's like, what's that? And she's like, that's cheese. And then supposedly Sai goes, oh. You eat cheese? 
And then Aaron is like, is that not cool or chic or something? And supposedly Cy goes, that's weird. That's weird. So Brynn is telling us this story that Aaron supposedly told her. And then Cy goes, did I not have a mouthful of cheese with the champagne? I literally was sitting next to Jessel and I had cheese and nuts in my mouth. In a talking head, Cy goes, for the record, I did not say cheese. That's weird. I did not say that. And in the scene, she goes, no, I know I didn't because I ate the cheese. She says, I remember eating the cheese more than anyone else eating the cheese. To me, this is like a Seinfeld argument. It's like George Costanza. It's like, I ate the most cheese. And then Bryn says, well, why would you lie about the cheese of anything else? That's so weird to me. That's weird. And she makes a joke about Cy going, oh, that's weird. She's like, that's actually weird. That's weird. And they all laugh. That's weird. Now we're now back over to Washington Square Park. And Aaron says to Uba, so wait, how did you feel about the girls' night? And Uba goes, I'm actually excited to see everyone. I think it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be fun. We're an interesting group of girls. You know, we are not boring, that's for sure. And if you can't handle this energy, stay home. I love Uba. We get shots of New York at night. We're now over at... Um, uh, Jessel's apartment in Chelsea. All that furniture is like white and tan everywhere. Jessel is pulling a chair across hardwood floors. And she's like, I don't know how this chair, I don't know how this chair keeps going everywhere. Jessel's talking to her mom who's preparing something in the kitchen. The kids keep the kids keep moving all of the furniture, Jessel says in a light British accent. The husband comes in, his name's Pavit, P-A-V-I-T. Um, and he's like, um, she's like, please. The, the place is filthy, Pavit. I see fingerprints on tables and stuff. Can you just clean it up? Because it just accumulates. And Jessel's mom, Nilam, says, every time we see something, we clean. And Jessel then says, how is nothing ever clean? My mom's visiting from London and helping out with the kids. And the mom, the mom says, even if it's not clean, Jessel, it's not clean to you. And so, I don't know, we're just talking about being clean. And then Jess is like, look, there's grease everywhere. I mean, in a voiceover, she's like, I don't know. Anyway, so she's like, well, I'll do it myself. I'll clean myself. I mean, like I would if I had 15 million hands, but I need you. She's talking to her husband. And uh, her husband says, well, maybe the kids will clean up after themselves. And the mom laughs like, oh, you're right. Um, and then Jessel goes, you tell your kids to clean up in a talking head. Now we hear Jessel's story. She's like, I moved here from London at 22 years old, fresh out of college. And we see pictures, you know, and people ask me, why wouldn't you stay in London? Because London is not New York. Uh, now we're back in the scene and Jessel goes, are you planning on doing your work like this to her husband? And the husband's just working with his laptop. And he's like, yeah, I was, I was, I was just planning on working. And so like, um, well, is there someone else you can work? And he goes, yeah, I guess I can go somewhere else. And Jessel lets us know, she's like, Pavit and I have been married for seven years and we see shots of their wedding, black and white. It was definitely not intentional, which is always great for a relationship. We, it was not on purpose. We became friends. We became best friends. In fact, like I knew every little thing about him and I fixed it. And then I married him. <laughs> we hear a knock at the door. She opens it up and it's Jenna Lyons and a trucker hat and an overcoat. Everybody's greeting each other. Pavic says, hey. And Jenna says, oh, we met uh, for a hot minute. I've heard many nice things about you. Not from Jessel, by the way. And he goes, of course not. Um, and uh, she goes, well, I would never. I mean, it takes a lot to. Oh, Jessel goes, I mean, I would never. It takes a lot for me to speak nicely about my husband. And Jenna goes, wow. And she's like, yes, we go at it a little bit. And. Uh, so 
Jenna meets Jessel's mom. Uh, Jenna goes in for an immediate bear hug. Jenna's uh, immediately goes for the cookie jar, by the way. They have these glass jars of like those big double stuffed Oreos. And and Jenna just, just grabs one without even asking, which I thought it was like so ballsy and confident. Uh, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. Um, so, uh, sorry, I, I'm trying to read my notes here. I'm, I'm trying to make some point in the notes that I'm not remembering. Oh, okay. So, uh, they're talking and, uh, Jenna Lyons is saying that there's an innocence to Jessel. And I will say Jessel is a very extreme character that she seems nice, but she does like kind of needle her, her husband a little bit. Um, and I think that's always fascinating for that kind of like a, a very specific type of behavior that the show will actually show her because I don't realize, I don't think she realizes she's like that. Um, and, uh, I'm very curious if, in casting that kind of comes out and like those producers and the casting directors go, you know, what's interesting. I think she has an interesting relationship with her husband. Let's see how that plays out. And it is interesting because I want to see what Bravo, what they saw to invest in these women. And Jenna goes, you know, wow, it's so fancy in here. Uh, she has the Oreos and Jenna talking head goes, Oh, the Oreos. Like if there are sweets out, I will eat them. Cheese, ice cream, and coffee. That is, that is my whole, all my food groups. And by the way, Jenna is like skinny as a rail. I would love to have that kind of metabolism. She's like, I definitely have a sweet tooth. Uh, and Jenna goes, Jenna says, Jessel says, I love you. And, uh, my mom, I don't know, the mom and Jenna are having a little like huggy situation. And, uh, Jessica goes, Jenna, how old do you think my mom is? And Jenna goes, well, you're probably my age, 54, 55. And then the mom goes, I'm 66. <laughs> you could tell the mom loved that. Jessel and her talking head is now in this like red gown type dress with a big red flower on the right shoulder. And in a talking head, Jessel goes, the fashion world is very small. Jenna and I have rubbed shoulders several times, but you never really get to know someone personally when you're out and about socially. Um, and so, yes, I'm really excited to get to know her a little bit better. And Jessel tells her mom, go check on the kids because I let Pavitt with them by himself. By the way, this Pavitt's a real shithead. I left my husband with the kids and we don't trust him. Um, now, if you do, if you're keeping score at home, she's now bagged on him like in the first 15 minutes of the show, like 33 times. Uh, so she's like, I'm going to spend some tea. So I'm going to spend some cute time with my Jenna. And Jenna whispers, your mom's awesome. And Jessel goes, I'm so excited about your girls' night out. And we cut to Jenna having a girls' night video invitation where she's like holding up little like index card that says, you know, girls' night, wear gold, khaki, black, or all. And Jenna says, yeah, we're going to do a dress code at this party. The one thing that I used to do at J. Crew that was kind of amazing that we have every Friday, we do a color or an idea or a theme and it'd be like khaki and everyone will wear like khaki or people will come in with like sequins or feathers. And Jess was like, I love that. I do. And then we start to get Jenna Lyon's story and a talking head. She goes, well, I started at J. Crew in 1990. I was an assistant to an assistant and I sat in the hallway. We see a picture of a young Jenna Lyons in a sweater behind. She's like, I would be, you know, in front of all these. Oh, sorry. We see a picture of her in a sweater in front of all these mannequins. She's like, I left J. Crew in 2017. And then I was the president and executive director of J. Crew Group. And then we're back in the scene with Jessel. And Jessel goes, I, I sorry, Jen, Jenna says, I read this thing about from back in the Obama days. And uh, she's like, you know, 
I was doing all of these outfits and stuff like that. And we were always thinking about the colors in a voiceover. She says there was so much hope with the Obamas. And when Michelle Obama came out on the Jay Leno show and we see a picture of Michelle Obama all in yellow, I forgot about Jay Leno. I forgot. I forget about Jay Leno. Sometimes I will say in Los Angeles, it's like seeing Andy Dick. You always will get a Jay Leno sighting in one of his classic cars. He's always in a denim shirt. Like it's it's not even good luck. It's like seeing Kelly Bensimone running down a New York street. You're just, it's going to happen one day. Uh, but she was like, you know, we had such hope. And I just remember seeing that and being part of it. And anytime somebody wears something that you are a part of, it's validating. It feels good. It's why I make clothes. It's really powerful, which I love that. That's the whole thing about creating, right guys? That's the whole thing. It makes you feel really good. If you make somebody laugh, if you go about your day and you do something great that like, you know, somebody else loves, it makes you feel good. And especially in some kind of artistic bent, like it, it's a real powerful feeling. And I love she talked about this briefly and, and she really seemed like she has, has had an amazing career. Um, and then uh, Jessel goes, well, I would love to have worked for you. And, you know, Jenna goes, well... You know, actually talk to the people that did work for me and see if you actually want to, which I need to look more about Dental Lyons' career because I feel like there's some good stuff in there. Um, so then Jessel goes, well, wait, who's who's coming to your girls' night? And Jenna goes, well, you know, Uba's coming, Sai's back in town, and Aaron. And she goes, oh, and Bryn is coming too. And I feel like we haven't had a chance to be like together and have like a quiet night. So it's like a quiet black tie night. And then uh, Jessel goes, do you do you think it's going to be quiet? Do you think it's going to be quiet? And Jenna goes, yeah, I do. Well, adjacent quiet. And Jessel laughs and Jessel goes, oh, Cheesegate. And Jenna goes, well, where was I? Just what? Cheesegate? Yeah. Well, I'm. she's like, well, just don't have any cheese at your party. And Jenna goes, no, I'm only having cheese. And Jessel's like, well, it's going to ruffle so many friggin' feathers. And Jessel's like, wait, are you kidding me? We're having cheese. It was going to have a fucking fondue. And, uh, you know, say, well, then, you know, we should all dress up and have a cheese party. So I love like Cheesegate is picking up steam. Now, we truly know if we have a hit on our, on our hands, if in five episodes from now, Cheesegate or Catch gets brought up because we need those little recurring moments where we're like, we're still talking about Cheesegate. Like, that's when you know you have a real housewife show. It's when you're like, wait, we're, wait, we're, wait, we're still talking about it. Like on OC, you're like, wait, you're. You're still talking about Ryan's and dick pics? Okay. Um, so now we're at our second commercial break. We come back. We see shots of New York, busy traffic, a guy on a bicycle. We're at Aaron's apartment in Tribeca. It's another very white-themed place. Somebody's cooking on the stove. It's Sandy, Aaron's housekeeper. And Sandy goes, her housekeeper goes, can I plate the beans? Which I, I don't know, for some reason I laughed at that line. I was like, I need him. That needs to be my first Roni shirt. Would you guys buy a shirt that said, can I plate the beans? Like, what if that's the big catchphrase of the season? We don't know. It's like one episode in. Can I plate the beans? Real Housewives of New York City, 2023. So anyway, so this housekeeper goes, can I plate the beans? And Aaron goes, that would be great. Yeah. Okay, great. And then uh, Kelly, Aaron's sister, walks upstairs and says, Aaron, how, how can I help you? And Aaron goes, you can. The kids are just screaming and crying. I'm stressed out. I need to take a shot. Will you give me a shot? And her sister goes, yeah, of course. Okay. And she's like, I need something strong. And Aaron in the talking head says, most people would think raising three kids in New York City is crazy and I'm a lunatic. But the trick to parenting is figuring out ways for your kids to leave you the fuck alone. They bleep that out, of course. She, they, I mean, I think she says fuck. They might have been saying catch for the kids to leave you the catch. No, I think it's fuck. But anyways, we see shots of all the kids, like the toys she's bought her kids. 
Uh, but I love that. That probably, I don't have kids, but that's probably the deal. It's like you buy this shit so they do leave you alone so you can hear yourself think. Um, she's like, how do I get my kids to not talk to me for a couple of hours? Uh, we meet, uh, I think her name's Riggle, Rigla. Aaron's mother-in-law comes in and they do the whole, like, you look pretty. No, you look pretty. That you know, Aaron's brothers come in, Daniel and David, and then the father, Eli, the, the smaller Andre the Giant. He looks like a man. Like, and Aaron goes, Dad, how was Miami? And he goes, It was nice. It was very nice. And Aaron goes, geez, I was born and raised in Man Man Manhattan, but growing up in an Israeli family, we cook a lot. We're always together. We see shots of the brothers eating. She's like, my sister and I, we always joke. We hang out in kitchens and bathrooms. We hear everybody toast and go, Shabbat Shalom. And they all say, I love you. And Aaron goes, we're a very close family. And Aaron says, we literally talk maybe 10 times a day. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great. It's a whole thing, she says in a talking head. And I love, listen, I love big families. I love, I love that. I think I appreciate families the older I get, but it is really nice that families, I love those families that are free flowing in each other's lives. They're families. Um, we, uh, her, Aaron's husband comes in finally and he's like stressed. You can tell he's like, I'll, I'll be better in a minute. Oh man, the kids are driving me crazy. And Aaron goes, well, get a drink, relax. And Aaron goes, when my husband and I got married, she says in a talking head, and we see a shot of them when they were 25, they look beautiful. And Aaron goes, even though we were young, we were both ready. I was a 25-year-old New York, New Yorker. And in New York, being 25 is like being a 35-year-old and I don't know, a Kentucky girl. Like, And then in this scene, her husband brings back in a, a coffee mug with wine in it. And Aaron's like, really? This is the time you're going to choose the coffee cup? now and he goes it's red wine it's comfortable it has a hook so i can put my fingers in the brothers all laugh like ha, ha, the dad laughs ha, ha, ha. and the husband's like it's a functional drinking vessel and she's like oh my god by the way aaron is kind of beautiful right like the more you look at her she's beautiful she's tough but she's beautiful all the women are beautiful um i don't mean that in a creepy way even though that might come off like that and then the father goes i'm gonna go make sure the kids are okay. no sorry the husband not her father <laughs> Uh, Aaron and a Titan head. We see more photos of them. And she goes, I remember when I first met my husband, I slept over one night and I dropped something behind his headboard and I found like multiple thongs, which by the way, who's just randomly dropping something accidentally behind a headboard. Right. And anyways, Aaron goes, what the fuck is this? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, you know, I was a single guy for a couple gear, a couple years, like, you know, you know, better. So it, she goes, it actually made me feel better because I was also doing a little bit of that, which I love that this guy was potentially not cleaning underneath his bed and was just collecting a bunch of dusty mothball uh, thongs. I don't know. Anyways. And she was like, well, I was doing a little bit of that too. And she goes, dad, don't watch this talking head. The elevator opens up and we see these three kids come in. And she goes, I have three kids, Levi seven, Layla five, and Elijah two. Thank God, no Rio. Um, and so she goes, my husband, Abe and I, we were like such good friends that we like to have sex. I mean, really that, I mean, that's why we have so many kids just keep having sex. You know, that's, I think that's actually how it works. If you have sex, a lot of the times you're going to have the kids. I'm no scientist. I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but I think that's how it works. Um, and she goes, anyways, uh, she talks to the family. She goes, December 14th, mark your calendars. We're having a big party for our anniversary. And the dad goes, December 14th. Oh man. Uh, and then he goes, well, anyways, personally, I want to tell you guys that I'm happy for both of you. And then Aaron says, for me, the most important thing is sticking together. We see one of the kids all of a sudden coming out with his underwear around his ankles. And he goes, uh, every, the dad goes, hi, bud. And the kid goes, I have to poop. I have to poop. 
can I plate some beans for you? No, the kid does come out with his underpants. Like, I have to poop. I have to, and they all laugh. And I was like, I have to poop too, kid. They're all laughing. And I'm like, ah, from the butts of babes. You know what I'm saying? And uh, now we go over to Uba's apartment in Columbus Circle. And Uba goes, I'm not a fan of theme-liked party. And she's bringing all these dresses to wear and holding them in front of a mirror. It's like, this is too short. She has a beautiful apartment. Now we go over to Jessel. She's also picking out an outfit for this party. Everybody's stressed out about the outfit. She's uh, telling her husband, she's like, can you come in here? I don't even know what to wear. The theme is like black khaki. Like, I don't even own anything khaki. He's like, well, what is this? And she's like, what do you mean? And he's holding the dress. She's like, where do your boobs go? Where's the rest of it? And then she's like, you're holding it backwards. Then we zip over to Brooklyn and Sai is talking to her husband, David. And she's like, come in, babe. Where are you? She's like, um, he's like, are you going out? She's like, yeah, you know, I'm so tired, but I got to go. Trust me. You think I should go out like this? And she has like water dripping down her face and soap. And he's like, huh, I married a raccoon. And she's like, I know that. In a talking head, she says, my husband, David, and I have been together for 14 years. And we see pictures of them. Uh, she's like, growing up, he's genuinely the most supportive man I've ever been with. He says it's just me and uh, he, uh, the husband goes, okay, so it's just me and the kids tonight. And she goes, yeah, uh, you're going to miss me. I got to get this soap out of my eyes. And then she reminds us once again, she's a digital content creator. And she says in a voiceover, when it comes to work, I travel a lot. Guys, digital content creation, there are, it's global. It's, there's no boundaries. It goes everywhere. She goes, so if I need to go somewhere, you know, and you know, I need to go somewhere. He's always there for me. My husband retired so he can take care of the kids. So her husband retired at 50 to take care of the kids. How the fuck does that work? That alone made me want to watch episode two. I was like, will you tell me how that works by the end of this season? Um, She's like, so if I need to go somewhere, he's there for the kids. And she's like, oh, uh, she tells her husband, she's like, I found out there's a little bit of drama between Aaron and Brent. And she tells her husband, she's like, the thing is, um, and she goes, anyways, uh, the kids, Brent and Aaron were having lunch and Aaron said some stuff about me, how I went to her house and I basically insulted her cheese plate that she gave us. So Aaron says she distanced herself from me because I've said these things about the cheese. And he goes, because you're a bitch about the cheese. And she goes, hey, yeah. And he goes, but you love cheese. And she goes, yeah, I didn't say that. That's the point. And he goes, what you just described is the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. When it comes to the plant-based eating debate, there's more to consider than just healthy or unhealthy. 
Of course, we want to eat things that make us feel good and generate energy to keep us going, but there's also a major environmental component that drives a lot of people to a plant-focused diet. But you don't have to give up some of your faves entirely. Impossible Foods makes meat from plants. They're solving the meat problem with more meat. By creating delicious meat from plants that's better for you and the planet, Impossible lets you enjoy some of your favorite meaty products with a plant-based twist. Ground beef, homestyle meatballs, sausage patties, all made from plants. And that's just a few of their delicious and versatile options. No more tension between craving meat but not wanting to eat so much of it or sacrificing your carnivorous faves for your health. Indulge in nutrient-packed, plant-based goodness and feel good doing it. Check out impossiblefoods.com to see how you can help solve the meat problem with more meat. That's I-M-P-O-S-S-I-B-L-E-F-O-O-D-S dot com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And she's like, yeah, it's the silliest thing, which by the way, get ready, you guys, because that husband, if you think that's the silliest fight you've ever heard, you are about to get knocked off your coal mining, retired 50 year old ass because you are going like, it is like, welcome to the jungle, baby. You go on die. It's going to get crazier and crazier. We cut over to Aaron and she's FaceTiming with a glass of wine. She calls Jessel and she's like, hi. Um, And Jessel's like, I'm trying to figure out something to wear. You know, my husband's helping me. I mean, I should say he's not helping me. Another slam on her husband. And Aaron goes, "Um, okay, uh, I don't know what to wear either. What's the vibe? Help me. Just just say, help me, help me. And Aaron, uh, she's like, I'm just so confused. I don't know what to wear, gold or black or cocky, khaki. What is khaki? Gold, leopard. And then we cut to Bryn in a talking head. And she's like, black gold metallic or khaki and then we cut to uba and a talking head goes khaki who wears khaki uh i don't know khaki it's so general and then jenna um i don't know we're just talking about colors i as a woman i would imagine you know being really into this conversation i was kind of like eh whatever and i think one of the women says i know that everything jenna does is very coordinated and then bryn says I thought she was like done with J. Crew. Why are we still doing khaki? And by the way, this is when I was doing this. Uh, I was I was doing all of these notes. Um, I was like in a in a notes app, just like talking it out loud. So I didn't. I, I was getting tired of typing. And then all of a sudden, there was like a delivery at the door, and my dad was like, "I don't know. I don't know what it says, Becky." But it's and I'm like, "You." All of a sudden, in the notes app, it goes. No, that's mine, you guys. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine, mom. It's mine. <laughs> the notes app. Hey, now is my favorite part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsor. And this week, we are lucky enough to be sponsored again by our friends over at BetterHelp. Now, they want me to talk about a time when I have felt uncertain about where I was going in my life or what the right path was and how I got through it. Now, that's very easy. I'm just going to talk about the time I'm going through right now. You know, I'm dealing with a lot of things in my mind about my mom and I have been for a while. And as we get closer to whatever is about to happen, I know that I, I know enough that I don't know how I'm going to feel. And, uh, I, uh, 
it's a really scary time in my life right now. And it's not, it's, it's weird. You think about it all the time, but at the same time, uh, I try not to think about it all the time. If that makes sense. It's very, very odd. Um, well, sometimes in life we're faced with tough choices and the path forward isn't always clear. Um, like I don't know what to do. I, I'm not going to know what to do. Uh, even though I've replayed all of these scenarios in my head, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to feel even my feelings right now. They're all over the place. Um, so whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships or anything else, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life. So you can move forward forward with confidence and excitement. Trusting yourself to make decisions that align with your values is like anything. The more you practice it, the easier it gets. Um, I mean, listen, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I actually am using better help. Uh, I got, uh, uh, paired with one of their therapists, uh, two and a half weeks ago. I thought this was something that, uh, I mean, a lot of my friends have reached out to say, not reached out specifically for this, but to say that this is something that I need to get in place now of somebody to talk to, uh, just so I'm not playing catch up when, when things in my life do happen. Because also that it's important for me to move forward, to keep doing the show and to keep, you know, to try to be a functioning human being because I, I want, I want to be at the end of the day. And I know my mom's going to want me to be, and I need to start taking care of things and taking care of myself and my own mental health. So I actually am using better help right now. Uh, and listen, it's early on. It does feel good to talk to somebody. I mean, there, there's, um, there's something so innately good about that. It's also so scary, right? It's so scary to even make that, uh, I mean, listen, I talk about this all the time and it was still scary for me to sign up once again and to try to go to the process of, finding a therapist. But the cool thing about BetterHelp is that they take a lot of that off of you. They make it so easy. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. That's all it is. Just try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. That was another thing I couldn't make excuses for. Well, I don't have time right now. I'm all over the map. I don't have time to go to one place. Well, you can just do it on your computer. Uh, just fill out a brief questionnaire. It's very brief to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Okay, hear that last part. You can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So let therapy be your map with better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash so bad. Give it a shot. I'm giving it a shot. We'll be therapy buddies. We can do this. Let's push forward. And now back for the remaining portion of our show. Okay, I'm back. So we have this FaceTime call with Jessel and Aaron uh, talking about what to wear. But then now Aaron is starting to complain about the whole cheese incident and Bryn telling Cy this in front of Jessel at Cy's place in Brooklyn. And Aaron is just over the whole fucking thing. And she's like, I think it's obnoxious of Bryn. And that's why, like, what I've been saying to you about how I feel, like, with the whole fucking thing, like... Bryn literally makes shit up and in a talking head, she says, Bryn and I definitely have an up and down relationship. We have the most fun together, but I just feel like Bryn is such a shitster, which by the way, 
We need shitsters, right? We need shitster. Could Bryn ultimately be a Rinna if she makes it to, through multiple seasons? These are the fun things that is kind of guess which archetypes these people are going to turn into. And Jessel then says in the scene, well, I don't know what happened, but there's another version of this where you said Sai was rude and rolling her eyes and Aaron goes, no, never. She's totally making bullshit up. I was telling her that in passing as a joke to go back and be like, oh, she said your cheese platter was bad. Like, what the fuck? And Jessel goes, I just want Sai and have you guys like just hash it out. I thought you guys could hash it out tonight. And Aaron goes, well, Bryn can apologize and then we'll hash it out. And Jessel laughs and we cut to commercial. Um, listen, I even am starting to get confused about the cheese platter thing, but I love their commitment to still being angry about the cheese platter. Now we're on a dark, rainy night in New York City. We see people walking with umbrellas. We're at Jenna Lyons' apartment in Soho, and it looks beautiful. The table's just insane. There's this huge charcuterie board out. There's like all these kind of artsy candles. She has this bald-headed chef named Brandon, and it says friend slash chef, which is like, yeah, we should all be friends with our chefs. He's slicing cheese. He's like a buff chef. Jenna's putting on another pair of like cool sunglasses. Um, her dog uh, wants more cheese. I think the dog's name is Popeye. So Popeye like is fully being fed cheese, fully drinks coffee. This dog's indict, like the dog's fucking tummy. Like, I mean, is anybody live near Jenna Lyons? Is it just like a big like shit sidewalk from this dog. I hate to be gross, but my God. So Jenna walks out with one of her open blouse booby shirts with a drink and she's like, oh, hi, Violet. And Violet laughs. I guess Violet is Jenna's goddaughter who's also there. And Jenna's like, well, did you take the dog out for a little bit? And she's like, I did, but it was raining. So she only walked half a block. And Jenna's like, okay. In a talking head, Jenna goes, I would say I'm excited to have the girls over, but I'm nervous, truthfully. I mean, after, you know, leaving my job at J, J. Crew, it was most important for me to spend time with my son Beckett. We see a picture of him. He's 15. And she goes, to me, it was more important to spend time with my son. I have joint custody, so I haven't really hosted people in my house in a really long time. And then they're talking about the cheese. She's like, the cheese, it's a perfect conversation piece, starter or killer. She tells Violet, and she's like, it's kind of a hot button issue with our group right now, the cheese. And uh, she's like, we see the fondue. And Jenna's like, yeah, there's some real cheese tension going on. And I love cheese deeply. Uh, cheese is my friend. And, you know, it, they're going to have to eat a lot of it in my house. And then she goes, hey, can we do a taste test of the fondue? Jenna tastes the fondue. And she's like, hmm, I think we could use a touch more wine. Have you, I wrote, I was like, I am never that guy that tastes something and goes, you know what? It need, like, if anything, I'm like, you know what it needs? Ketchup. <laughs> like, I love artsy and you, I just don't have that talent. I'm like, you know what this needs? I'm always like, you know what this needs? A diet Coke to wash it down. You know what I'm talking about? High five. Um, but she goes, uh, you know, Jenna's apartment is crazy. Then she's like, Oh, can we give the dog some more meat? <laughs> she's literally like this poor dog. The dog has to be like one years old. Like the, I, I don't know how old this dog is, but I can't believe, I mean, it's wild. Jenna says, the more the dog eats, the mellow, the mellower he'll be tonight. So we have Aaron. She's the first to arrive in Jenna's elevator. And we do the whole, oh, you look great. You look great. And Aaron's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't bring anything. I always bring things, but I didn't. It's raining. I never come empty handed. Um, 
So Jenna, in a talking head, she's like, Aaron's a new friend. And most people in the group would say that, oh, sorry, Aaron in a talking head says, most people in the group would say that Jenna Lyons is a total enigma. She does like weird, quirky things. Like she doesn't like dill, but she loves parsley. Like how the fuck did that even come up in conversation? And I'm like, oh my God, what a weirdo. Like I don't even like dill and parsley. And she goes, she loves olives, but she hates the black ones. I'm like, okay. And then Aaron's like, she's a little bit of an oddball. And then Jenna says, well, do you want the quick tour of the apartment? And Aaron's like, I do. And Aaron's like, it's gorgeous. Oh my God. I love a pink couch. And she goes, oh my God. Cause she's taking her back. She's like the infamous shoe closet. And Jenna's like, I know. And we hear a choir singing like, oh, and we see racks and racks of like just beautiful shoes. And Aaron's like, oh my God, it's gorgeous. And Aaron says, Jenna, this is insane. And Jenna goes, I'm aware I worked in fashion for 27 years. Like I collect shoes because they have meaning to me. The last time I counted, I had like 380 something and, and I've purchased since then, but I've given away. I've also given away, but I've also maybe bought more, which is so cool. Like I love when, like, I don't understand shoe culture, but I love when it's explained to me like that because it's like, yeah, they mean something to her. Of course. It's amazing. So then she takes her into the bedroom and shows her that. And Aaron's like, this is a pad. And she's like, well, what's the difference between an apartment and a pad? And Aaron says, I'll tell you, a pad means that you don't have small children. And Jenna goes, ah. And Aaron says, as a real estate agent, that's what I do. And I have to say, it's a very sexy apartment. It's got a flow that's funky. But like, I got to say that the closet is half the bedroom. And then also the bedroom is half the apartment. But like, it's not really useful to any other type of person except for Jenna Lyons, which is amazing because Jenna Lyons does live there. But Aaron is thinking about it in terms of selling. Like, who would buy this place? How do you sell this place? Which... I think it's kind of funny. She is just coming from that real estate angle completely. And then Jenna goes, guess what? We're having, um, uh, we're having uh, some, something. She's like, guess what? We're having a cheese party as a joke to Aaron. And Aaron says, I'll let you know how your cheese is and starts eating the cheese. And Jenna says, I would seem like it was, I, I would seem, I would say cheese was an appropriate choice. And Aaron goes, yeah, cheese platter. It's what people do. So we're still laughing and talking about the cheese. Jenna laughs and Aaron says, it's not weird to have cheese. And then our next guest is Jessel, who's also all in black. And she brought like a cake or something like a fruit cake. And they do the whole, you look pretty. No, you look pretty. You look pretty. And then we see Cy walking up all in black as well. Jessel is commenting on Aaron's bracelets and she says, she's like, those look like weapons. And Aaron goes, yeah, I might need to fuck up a bitch tonight. And I'm like, damn. So the elevator opens in size there. And, and, you know, Jenna says, oh my God. Oh, you look like Jasmine Tukes. Now I believe Jasmine Tukes, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't she in that uh, NBC sitcom, a perfect world? Am I, am I right? Is that Jasmine? Tuk I'm, I, I could be wrong. Who am I? No, I'm thinking of Jasmine guy or, Anywho, anyway, she says, I, you look like Jasmine Tukes. And, uh, you know, Jenna's like, this is not khaki. Why Everybody's in black. And uh, Jenna says, no one is wearing khaki. Everyone is in all in black. It's, you know, it's just, it's very weird. And Jenna's like, everyone thinks of khaki as a chino. And it's, it's not khakis. Khaki is a color. I am completely lost in this conversation, you guys. And Aaron goes, okay, yeah, let's sit down. So you can sit down right where the cheese is. She's like, talking to Cy, giving her shit. And she's like, wow, there is so much cheese at Jenna's house. It's everywhere. It's on the table. And then Cy says, um, 
is the dog is, is the dog going to eat like food off the table? Is, is the dog okay? And Jenna's like, no, I don't think so. We've been trying to feed him, but I think he can smell the fondue and he's excited. And Aaron goes, uh, can you bring out a magnifying glass and watch me eat the cheese? So now Aaron is just overly making comments about cheese. And then, and then Aaron goes, or is that weird? The dog is just digging on the couch. And then all of a sudden, uh, Uba's there and Jenna goes, oh my God, you look gorgeous. And Uba does. Uba's in like this leopard outfit and Uba goes straight from the Serengeti. All right. Um, and Uba says, I didn't understand the color. I was like brown, brown, gold, gold. Uh. And uh, she's like, there's only one place khaki is good. It's like if you're on a safari. And Uba says in a talking head, but it's Jenna's house and I follow the rules. Then we're on the couch and uh, Jenna goes, where's Bryn? Wonder why she's late. And we all of a sudden see Bryn walking up with a uh, umbrella in the elevator. The, the shots of them walking in the apartment are just so gorgeous. And Jenna goes, wait, what's going on? Is something going on? And Aaron goes, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen Bryn since that night a couple weeks ago. And Jenna goes, oh. And then Aaron's like, yeah, two days later, she posted pictures. And Aaron says, have you guys, uh, she posted pictures at Casa Cipriani. And, and then Sai's like, uh, did I look good in the pictures? And she said, you know, you said you were going home and she wound up with you at Cafe Cipriani. And it just, it wasn't cool of either of you, by the way, you could just tell us you were going out, you know, and size like, you're right. I did bail on you. And Aaron goes, thank you. I totally accept that. And uh, she's like, yeah, I didn't really want to go to catch. So I totally bailed on you. And Aaron says, thank you so much for being real and honest. That's why I don't have a problem with you because you're just straightforward. She says in a talking head, um, she says, she says, uh, I'm turned off to her. Um, I don't know what, I'm sorry, this note is completely unreadable. But anyways, um, Aaron is talking about Brynn and she's like, I have no interest in her right now. And then all of a sudden the door buzzes and all of a sudden Brynn is there. And Brynn's like, hello. Brynn is also all in black. She's like, hello, ladies. And Jen's like, would you like a ginger margarita? And she's like, I'd love a ginger margarita. And she's like, I lost my voice because I was screaming. <laughs> And then Jenna's like, why are you so late? And Bryn goes, because I'm scared, Jenna. I'm scared. I'm scared. And Jenna's like, seriously? And Bryn goes, yeah. Are you really? And and uh, she's like, well, I'm in trouble. And then we get a flashback to a talking head, sorry, a FaceTime call between Bryn and Uba, where Bryn says, I probably owe an apology to Aaron. And, you know, Uba says, you didn't show up to dinner, girl. She's not happy. And Bryn goes, okay. And now in this scene, she tells Jenna, bless me, father, I have sinned. In a talking head, Bryn says, I'm just literally so scared right now because I think Aaron takes a lot of things personally. The only thing at this point that is comforting me is the fact that I don't think Aaron will commit any sort of crime or homicide at Jenna Lyons' apartment. So then Bryn goes up to Aaron and goes, hi, love bug. How are you? And she's like, good. Hey. And then they do that fake kiss thing on both cheeks. And she says, I know I'm about to get spanked. And she chuckles. And Aaron um, Aaron says, you know, I'm talking to Bryn in this moment, but I'm not going to get into it with her immediately. I'm going to enjoy my cheese. And then I'm going to fuck her up. Which this is like, Aaron is like a ball buster. And I love, she does seem like that kind of person that's like, I'll get to yelling at you. That's fine. I'm going to enjoy my cheese. And I truly believe in this moment, Aaron enjoys her cheese. Um, and I, I like that. I think it's a very interesting archetype. 
So Aaron is eating the cheese and she's like, oh my God, this is so good, this cheese. Now Jenna is passing out these cards. She's going to play a game. And Jenna says, this is a game, you guys. And Bryn is like, oh my God, is there cash in here? Are you giving us cash? Like Bryn is on one in this scene. And Bryn is like, does she just give away cash at parties? And Jenna goes, the reason I'm introducing the game to the group, Jenna says in a talking head, is that small talk is my kryptonite. So I don't know everyone equally as well. So this game is like my get out of jail free card. So Bryn starts and her question says, so if you could create your ideal pornography, what would it feature? Um, and uh, so they're like, huh, what would it feature? And Jenna says huh, what would a perfect, what would everybody's perfect porn be? And then Bryn's like, ooh, Jenna Lyons porn. I would love that. It would be so moody. Bryn, by the way, is just making a lot of faces and her vocal inflection is going up and down. She's like, it would be all black and white. And Jenna is laughing at Bryn. And she's like, you know, my, the Bryn says the porn videos I like to watch are all like always about massages that go too far. That's always my thing. And everybody starts laughing. And she's like, every time I get a massage, I'm acting like, uh, how did my towel drop down below my butt? And they're like, ma'am, this is the four seasons. <laughs> and Jessel's like, all right, uh, Uba, you get to do the next question. And Uba goes, are you dominant or submissive sexually? And Uba's like, I like to be very submissive. And Jessel's like, I knew you were going to say that. And Uba's like, I'm definitely a starfish. Uba says, and then he's like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, very fun everywhere, but in bed, I'm a starfish. I just lay out like a starfish. And Uba says on a dance floor, I'm crazy, but in the bedroom, I'm a starfish. I'm only submissive in bed. And Aaron goes, you're submissive in bed? And she's like, yes, I'm submissive in bed. And Aaron goes, that's so interesting. I'm not like that. And uh, everybody's like, of course we know Aaron's not like that. And then Jessel goes, I mean, I'm sometimes like that. Sometimes I get on top. And Aaron's like, yeah, like, you know, if I get on top, and then he's like, you're fucking killing me. You know, it depends on the mood. And then Sai goes, I mean, even getting on top, it's still kind of like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Jenna's laughing and Aaron goes, no, I mean, like, you know, I'm very dominant in the bedroom, but I'm also like, you lie there. And, but my husband doesn't get turned on unless I come, you know, which then they do a shot of the guy doing dishes and he's like, zoiks. But I like, you know, she's like, my husband only wants to come if I come, which is, which is obviously nice. He's a generous lover. And, uh, and Bryn's like, so he doesn't want to like Ben, you know, he doesn't want to, unless you do. And Aaron says, yeah, I know I'm saying a lot here. And, Aaron, uh, Aaron goes, wow. Uh, no, Bryn goes, oh my God, when you drink, you're fun. She's me sober. Maybe it's me having kids. Oh my God, that's crazy. Maybe it's a kid thing. Oh God. Anyways, don't tell me I'll never have kids. And then, uh, they're joking about this. And then we need, we get Jenna, uh, we have a Jenna Lyons question about, uh, you know, being dominant or submissive. And Jenna says, well, it's totally different because I don't sleep with men. So it's just assumed that everyone gets off. Everyone gets taken care of. And Bryn's like, sign me up. <laughs> and Jenna's like, yeah, you both know you're coming and it's easier because all, and you know, Jess is like, everybody knows what they're doing. And Jenna's like, yeah, all the girls know what they're doing. She's like, yeah. And Bryn's like, oh my God, P.S. I love girls night. I love girls night. I'm having so much fun. <laughs> and then Jenna says, you know, it's different with a man and a woman. There is an assurance that both people are going to finish sexually, if you will. With a woman, you kind of understand how it works. And so you're both there to make it happen. And that's kind of amazing. 
Like, listen, the way Jenna described it, it made me want to be a lesbian. And the way she described it there, I'm like, it kind of goes to my theory that like by the year 2050, I truly don't believe any women will ever be into men ever again. I mean, you know, you got this season of Vanderpump Rules. You got that uh, show Betrayed. I was, just, I mean, like, what, what is keeping women with men at this point? If every woman knows what they're doing down there, then what, what are we even here for? I mean, I, I get it, you know. Um, so uh, then we talk about like uh, one of the questions is, what's your addiction? And this is for Jessel. Like, what is your addiction? Drugs, drinking, shopping. And Bryn's like, all of the above. And Uba says, I'm actually not addicted to any of that. And Jenna says, you're not addicted to anything? And Uba goes, none of that. And then Aaron goes, well, what are you addicted to, Uba? And Uba goes, bananas, bananas. And they're like, bananas? And she's like, no, seriously, bananas, like banana, actual bananas. And she goes, first of all, let me give you a little background on my culture. Banana. It's like it should be the national flag of Somalia. We love banana. I'd eat maybe five, six bananas in a day. And then we get a talking head of her actually eating a banana. And Aaron goes, bananas constipate you. You know, like, and Sai goes, you had a banana the day you had diarrhea. And Aaron laughs. And by the way, now we've brought up diarrhea. Aaron laughs. And Aaron's like, wait, diarrhea in the mouth or actual diarrhea? And Bryn says, uh, and they're like, no, no, you actually have diarrhea in the mouth because I had a cheese platter and you decided to tell her a stupid, still suit, a stupid, silly story. So out of nowhere, Aaron brings up the cheese story directly at Cy and Bryn. And Aaron goes, that was a fucking asshole move, by the way. And Cy says, that was a fucking asshole move. And Aaron goes, oh, what was the asshole move? Serving cheese? I know what you said about me. And Aaron goes, but I didn't say that. It wasn't true, Cy. And Bryn makes a face like, what are you talking about? And Aaron goes, Bryn was lying, Cy. And there's dramatic music. And then Bryn goes, okay, we were at Zero Bond Restaurant. We were going to meet you. I was going to meet you. Then we actually were at Cassie Cipriani. And Aaron goes, oh, your favorite place. And and Bryn does like a wide mouth face. And Aaron goes, what's your problem with catch? Bleep. And Bryn says, it's not 2012. And Aaron's like, it's not 2012. Who the fuck cares where we go? We were all trying to be together. But then you go to lunch with Cy and you start talking shit that's not cool about the cheese platter. And then Bryn goes, boo-boo, I didn't talk. I didn't actually, I did, you, you, I did not talk. You, you know, like, well, come on. And... She goes, so I said, you said she distanced herself from me because I went to her house. I said something about the cheese. Is that all we're eating? And then turned around and I insulted you. And I said, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I know you pointed to this and that, uh, but we're so in the, in the weeds with this cheese thing, but I got to tell you, it's totally enjoyable. And then Aaron goes, you said you were like, it's cheese. Like Bryn said that last part. And Aaron goes, no, I never said that thing about the cheese. And Uba's like, banana. No, Uba goes, I mean, come on, that is mind-boggling to me. These girls are fighting over cheese, but I get it. We're in New York. There's a lot of rocks here. I love that. Like, I get it. We're in New York. And Bryn says, you came in and, you know, you know, like, you came in and said this stuff. And Bryn says, you said, oh, that's cheese. And Aaron goes, that's, no, I did not say that's weird. None of this is true. I would never say that she distanced myself because I served her a cheese platter. And Uba's just laughing, laughing. And Bryn says, I don't think you literally said that's what was said. And then Aaron says, actually, she and I spoke multiple times after that. And I say, this has got to be not true. And she's laughing. Sai is laughing with cheese in her mouth. And Aaron says, it is the stupidest thing I ever heard. And Bryn says, you did say it, Aaron. And Aaron goes, no, I didn't. That's your embellishment. And you can tell. 
Uh, by the way, at this point, if you look at Jenna Lyons, you can tell she's annoyed. And Aaron says, I don't like when people say shit that I didn't say. You know, we got to get past this point, you guys, you know. And in a talking head, Jessel goes, who in their right mind wants to drop this conversation about sex and talk about cheese? My God. So now we're back in the scene and everybody's like, come on, just move on. And Aaron goes, okay. Yeah, we'll move on, but let's go finish it in the other room, Bryn, because we don't want to bother anybody else. And she gets up and Bryn's like, oh, God, are you kidding me? Bryn's like, oh, shit. And Bryn says in a talking head, she's very adamant about taking me back there and not doing to me what her husband do it does to her, but having a different sort of way with me. It's not going to be as fun. And Aaron goes, what do you think I'm going to do, punch you in the face? There's dramatic music. We cut to commercial. We're back from commercial. And Aaron goes... You're like afraid? Come on. And Bryn says, bitch, I'm not afraid. I'm half Irish. Let's go. Where do we go? And Jenna goes, oh my God, I'm exhausted. So they're going through the corridor of Jenna Lyon's house, marching to Bryn's death. And she, all of a sudden they see the closet in the shoe room and Bryn's like, oh my God, this makes everything better. We're going into the closet, complete focus, focus. You're going to die. You're going to die. You're going to die. Oh my God. These shoes are so pretty, so pretty. Look at the crown molding. Oh my God. Then they wind up in Jenna Lyon's bedroom and Aaron says, Okay, shoot, sit here. And Bryn goes, yes, my little Violet. And then Bryn goes, oh my God, there's titties on the pillow. We cut to the pillows and there are little drawings of boobies with little nipples. And Bryn goes, oh my God, I love it so much. In a talking head, Bryn goes, you get distracted, but I was also trying to focus on my death by Aaron. But at the same time, I'm like, maybe this is how I go out. Maybe it makes sense, you know? And we're back in the scene, the main room and we're back in the main room and Jessel and Jenna are talking and, you know, Jenna's like, I can't talk about cheese for another second. I just can't do it. Jenna says it's like cheese gate in the back. And they say, uh, you know, like, come on, who gives a fuck about cheese? Come on. I don't care about cheese anymore. And size like, yeah, I'm bloated. I'm gassy. I'm sorry. I might fart in your house. I feel bad, but I like cheese. Aaron now back in the bedroom says, I'm offended, not by the cheese, Bryn. I don't give a shit. Uh, you know, and Aaron says, I wasn't mad. And Bryn goes, no, you weren't mad. And Aaron goes, exactly. And Bryn says, in all actuality, I don't think there's any issue between us. That's what I think. And Aaron says, the issue, though, that I have with you is that that I'd like to finish is like, I don't like the wishy-washy thing with you. And Bryn says, I agree, agree. <laughs> Bryn's just agreeing to everything. And Aaron goes, I felt like you decided who you're going to align yourself with. And then you got weird with me. And you did. You know you did. And I love that. I love somebody calling somebody out and also going, I see what you did. You thought being with Sai was better than being with me. And you aligned yourself with her. Because remember, these are new relationships. And Bryn goes, yeah, yeah, you're right, 100%. Um, but I didn't ever say that. I just didn't say that. I, I, I didn't, you know, I did the cheese thing, you know? And she's like, so, you know, and then Bryn's like, and, and size like this cool chick. So I'm just like, subscribe to that. And Aaron goes, subscribe to that. And Bryn's like, yeah, but just don't take it personally. And Aaron says, I'm not, but that's how you made it. And that's how I felt. And that was weird. And Bryn goes, yeah, yeah. I feel like we can never say that's weird again. And Aaron laughs and Bryn laughs. And we're like, okay, let's move on from this. Give me a hug. 
And, uh, you know, sorry, sorry, hug, hug, hug. And Bryn says, I'm realizing it's not about the restaurant. It was about wanting to spend quality time together and not caring about these other things. And that I understand. I like that there's a little lesson to this episode. Like, ooh, that's one to grow on. And then Bryn says on the bed, should we go um, pick, put on Jenna's clothes? Or we should actually go outside and pick on Cy and say, you're the problem. And then uh, Aaron in a talking head says, it's hard to stay mad at Bryn. She's fun. She's sweet. She's bubbly. She makes it light enough that you can kind of forget why you're mad at her. So then they go into the shoe room. They start playing with their shoes. And Bryn is like, this is my wet dream in regards to shoes. And then Aaron is putting on a shoe, sits down on um, one of Jenna's chairs, and the chair breaks. And they're laughing. They're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck? I just broke Jenna's dentist chair. This is probably a vintage $10,000, $20,000 chair. And Bryn says, oh, my God. J. Crew is going to kill us. And, uh, you know, Bryn is like, God, if that chair wasn't working, they need to put a sign on it. You know, so but anyways, they don't care. They start, they continue to put on Jenna's clothes. And Bryn says, anyone who has seen that closet, uh, you know, they're thinking the same thing that we would. Let's try this shit on. We're not using her toothbrush. We're just putting on her clothes. So now they come out and Aaron comes out first and goes, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. This is fucking stupid. And Jenna goes, oh, my God, seriously? And they're like, no, no, it's a joke. It's a joke. And Bryn's laughing. And then Aaron comes out and Jenna's like sparkly blazer and jenna you can just you can tell she's annoyed she's like oh god you're trying to my clothes really and everybody's like waka 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 we've all made up yay and jenna you can just tell is like just shaking her head and she's like did you guys just go through my closet and they're all laughing and then aaron and bryn hug but aaron is wearing like this you know, spangly, colorful jacket. And Bryn is wearing like this cloth thing. And Jenna's like, yo, 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 be careful. You're going to stick together. And in the talk, talking head, Jenna's like, dude, those Jenna's, you know, sequins and lace, they just connect together. And I'm more worried about my clothes. That's Valentino. It's not okay. It's not good. It was all fun and games until they got stuck and they legitimately get stuck. And then they're trying to like get each other out of being stuck. And it's a cute scene, but I just, this is why Old Navy clothes, you do not have to worry about it because it's so cheap. So, uh, and then all of a sudden uh, we see Bryn goes, does anybody want cheese or is that weird? And we just wrap it all up in a nice, perfect bow. We should have ended with fuck bleep catch. And then it says this season on Real Housewives of New York City. And we just have clips of the entire season. I mean, there's even one line where Jessel's like, that's where Tom Cruise's kid goes. You don't want our kids to go where Tom Cruise's kids go. So overall, I think that was like, like a seven or an eight out of 10. And I'm so excited to see the next episode. Like I've said, I watched this three times, so I can't wait to watch the second episode. So we have more to talk about. Come join the Patreon if you want to hear more Real Housewives in New York recaps. We'll talk about little themes on this show and all that stuff, but go over there for like all this kind of insanity. But thank you guys. It's Friday. Have the best fucking weekend ever. I haven't been able to say this to you in a while, but you know, what do we always say? It's the weekend. Hang out with family, hang out with friends, call your mom and dad, tell them you love them, call your friends, tell them you love them. Take time for yourself, read a book, listen to some good music, go see live music, spend time by yourself, go a hike on the woods. Don't do any activity at all. If you don't want to eat something amazing, drink something good, just do everything. Appreciate something about life and be here bright and early on Monday morning, where we're going to do it all over again. Uh, we have Dumois on the program on Monday. Um, also, I want to say happy birthday to Jen. I did a cameo for Jenner 
uh, earlier. It was her birthday today. So happy birthday, Jen. Uplift with Jen. I hope you had a great birthday. And um, that's it. I might do a surprise episode just talking about some Vanderpump Rules stuff if uh, if if I need an outlet to talk and I want to hide from my family. So that's it, you guys. I hope this was all right. And I'll talk to you very soon. Bye. Betches.